You're listening to the We're Alright Podcast, hosted by Brandon Erseg. We are back for, in the famous words of DJ Khaled, another one. And the high quality guests just keep coming with this man being no exception. He actually has, I believe, quietly and patiently been waiting for his turn to come on the pod. Maybe wanting to come on a bit more than he would admit, but... Um, he might hose that suggestion down once I finish introducing him, but I'm standing by it. Uh, due to his football experience and given he is a homegrown product, he will no doubt be a very, very good listen, um, which I hope everyone will enjoy as I, as much as I will talking to him. He's now played 75 Waffle League games spanning across two clubs. 52 of those are at Swans, so he's well and truly a Swans man. And he's yeah very quietly notched up his 50th league game for the club recently which speaks the type of person he is i didn't really hear anything about it um and obviously the other 23 games are at peel thunder he also played 14 afl games for the Freo dockers no doubt he would be grateful to have gotten that opportunity but i'm going not going to say he was lucky enough to get that opportunity and play those games because it is us who are very lucky to have him given he should still be on a list playing afl um, I'll describe him as Mr. Reliable for our side, playing in multiple positions since his return to the club and often being called on to play in the position where we require most to help us win games. If you haven't worked out by now who we're talking about, we're lucky enough to have Toby Watson on the pod or Tobe, Tobar, Watto or Goblin. Uh, Tobe, how are you? Very good, Donny. Happy to be here. So you are going to admit that you're happy to be here? <laughs> I'll quietly admit that now, but <laughs> I'm not sure about the Thursday night fixture after training. Yeah, could, well, have done a, could have done a different time, yeah. but we'll let it slide but for now. I'll try to get you on the weekend, mate, but you're a busy man. Yeah, yeah very busy. My weekends <laughs> are my, mine. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah. Um, we've just come off the back of two close wins. How good has that felt after some of the results earlier in the year? And also, what's it like to be involved in the game that gets decided after the siren? Oh, it's unreal. You know, it's just it's just great to be on the on the winning side for once. Um, had so many close games at the start of the year that didn't go our way. And you walk off the ground dejected and um, really flat going into the rooms. And it just felt like over and over again, it was the same feeling. So to string a couple of close ones together, especially um, the goal after the siren and everyone coming in the week before or for Bowley, um, yeah, it was unreal to be honest. So even though on the weekend it was against a lesser side in West Coast, they still rolled out a good side and played good footy. So yeah, as you said, mate, just, just stoked to get a couple of wins in a row, really. Yeah. Have you played in any games with that are decided after the siren win or loss? Um, not that I can remember. Yeah, I, I honestly can't remember the last time I've been involved in a game um, with a guy off the siren and and Tommy Edwards, lucky enough, has had two of the two of the shots this year. One from one from two, but that's still a pretty good conversion yeah. rate. We'll take that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we got him. We got Tommy sitting next to us enjoying a beer. He was very tempted to grab the third mic, but he's just watching on at this stage. Um, I think I think everyone's heard enough from. Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's had the spotlight enough over the last couple of weeks. Oh, I agree. <laughs> um, all right, first um, proper question off the bat. We'll speak about your early footy journey, but quickly tell us where your connection at the footy club started. Yeah. So my first connection with the footy club was while I was down um, in in the southwest playing down in Bunbury um, being a Bunbury boy we were aligned to Swan Districts that was our zone um, when I was growing up through probably under 13s under 14s footy I was playing for SWAS so Southwest Academy of Sport um, we would come up in verse 
like Swan Districts and all the other waffle teams um, during the school holidays and stuff. Um, that was a good experience. Got to come up and get that exposure and play against the Metro kids. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of integrated into the into the Swans, like 15s program, uh, a bit of 16s and stuff. And then while I moved up to boarding school at Guildford, um, just rolled down here, catch the train down to Success Hill and, and jump across to do some some Colts training in year 11 and 12. Um, but yeah, love my time at Swans. Love yep. the club. Yeah. So you mentioned that you're from the Southwest, which has um, been a pretty good um, region for the club in terms of producing some quality players and people. Um, so you were born and raised in Bunbury? Yeah, born and raised in Bunbury. Um, moved around a little bit in Bunbury, but yeah, always always a Bunbury boy. Some people... Call me the Donnybrook boy. Yeah, we'll get. We'll actually. We'll get get, we're we'll actually going to be getting yeah, to that. Okay, yeah, okay. Which I, I, I found quite interesting when I heard about <laughs> that. But um, the Southwest is obviously a well-known and pretty strong competition within WA. So there's no doubt there's some big rivalries down there. Um, which club are you actually aligned to, and where did you play like junior footy there? Yeah, so I played all my junior footy at South Bunbury Tigers. Um, won three junior premierships in a row from. Year seven to nine, um, seven, eight, nine. So we had a really strong junior team growing up. I had a really close um, group of friends that I loved playing with and we had the same team pretty much all the way through juniors and, yeah, we were pretty dominant. So was pretty lucky enough to play there and taste a lot of success while I was a junior. So I knew what it was like to play in a successful team. Obviously, it's a bit different when you're a kid um, trying to translate to mm. when you're an adult. But, yeah, yeah I, I used to love South Bunbury. It was such a um, a great club, you know, um, they had a rich history as well and they were really good at um, nurturing us young fellas coming through. So I think, yeah, I owe a lot of my footy journey to the Tigers down there. Yeah. Um, and did you play any footy with or against any of the guys who are at Swans at the moment? Um, yeah, Clarkey. Clarkey Clark. is a year younger than me. Yeah, Aiden Clark. He was a, the Bulldogs, Bunbury Bulldogs. Um, he's probably the only one that really comes to mind. I used to play... When I used to play up a grade, I used to play against like Connor Blakely, Nathan Blakely's brother, yep. who a few of us would know. The doctor. Um, yeah. The doctor, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're probably the only two that really spring to mind yep. um, in terms of Swanee's boys. Yep. Um, and were you the type that grew up with footy sort of being it and everything or and what you wanted to do growing up from the get-go or was it something that you fell into or maybe you realised you wanted to try and do a bit later? Nah, it's always been footy. It's yeah. always been footies, footy and cricket for me has been massive. It was always footy in the winter, uh, cricket in the summer. Didn't really know which way I was going to go for a while there. Um, yeah. Spit a scoop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, um, yeah, I played a bit of like um, high level cricket and stuff growing up as well. And then um, once I got to like year 11 and 12, kind of had to make that decision. You know, you can't play both forever. So I just thought footy didn't last as long on the weekend so i picked that yeah. you know cricket takes too long can sometimes go for two to five days like i can't be wasting my whole weekend playing <laughs> cricket so <laughs> i think i think it, that reason has gotten a few people in terms yeah. of food. you've actually answered my next question which i was going to ask any other sports that you fancy yourself in or were decent at so it sounds like cricket's the one oh, well, it's not just cricket mate there's a there's oh, a few other sports well before we get to any others <laughs> were you a batter or bowler um, I was a bowler. I was yeah. a bowler, but I could I could hold the willow down the order. 
I could have a little bit of a slog every now and again um, at, at eight or nine. What type of like are we bowling heat or are you oh, just yeah. those little nippy medium paces, almost like a spinner, or what was going on? Oh, I went through I went through phases. So sometimes I would run in off the long run and just absolutely hurl it down. Had no idea where it was going half the time. Sometimes it was Sean a beamer Tate's at the head. Yeah, yeah, just throwing it down at one twenty when I was you know a younger younger guy. That's a big claim, one twenty when he was young. I mean, know. that's not that's Anyone not the most outrageous the claim. Caught the speed there. <laughs> no, that was yeah unregistered speed. I just made that <laughs> up. And then um, yeah, sometimes I'd just come off a few paces and just a little bit of outswing and inswing. Um, maybe get him in the same. Yeah, yeah, a little Wob- bit off the same. Wobbly same. Yeah, just just half a bat's worth of seam, and 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 that's how I get the edge. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so what about what other sports? Like you, you Jeff. I, th- I thought we were going to stop at cricket, but apparently not. Nah, nah. So um, I fancy myself at a bit of basketball as well. A little bit. Outside shooter. What position? Oh, just shooting guard probably. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. Tommy, who's sitting here, claimed himself as a point guard, which I found quite surprising. But So you'd say you're more of a shooting guard? Yeah, and nah, I don't think I have the handles to be a point guard, yeah. but I could be a, a good spot-up shooter, a good two-man. Yeah, okay. Maybe even a power forward, just a two-three two, two three-man, I think. Power forward, you reckon? Yeah, a little mm, bit of interesting. A young Nikola Nikola Jokic, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah. that one will get you up and about. Yeah, yeah, you've actually done real well. Like, uh, that might tie in a question I ask you later. That might be putting you in the running for a prize. But anyway, <laughs> um, all right. So you you've already mentioned it. So you ended up moving to Perth and going to Guildford Grammar. Was the move for footy specifically? Funny enough, it was actually for cricket. Oh, so well, yeah. um, I was playing in a regional carnival when I was year 10 up here and the it was called the SunSmart Carnival and we had a Southwest team come up and play and it was against, there was a few Metro teams as well and um, the the carnival was hosted at Guildford, at the Guildford Cricket Grounds and then uh, Colin Dimmick was his name, he was the director of cricket at, at Guildford. Shout out. Shout out Colin Dimmick. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be listening for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he actually approached one of my mates because he was a gun batter and he was playing state cricket and stuff and approached him and he applied for the scholarship at Guildford and I was like, oh, I kind of heard it from him and then mum and dad were like, oh, maybe you should go for that as well. It might be a good opportunity. You just never know. So um, put my application in and had to come up to Guildford on like a Thursday arvo with like a resume and cover letter and everything and sit down with the principal and do like an interview. It was like a job interview yeah, well, with yeah. the principal. So it was pretty intimidating being a 15-year-old kid. Yep. Um, but obviously spoke well enough and found out in the mail that I'd, yeah, got a full scholarship to Guildford to play cricket and that was pretty cool. Yeah, okay. So that was year, you would have done year eight and nine down in Bunbury and then come up for year 10? Uh, up to year 10 down in Bunbury and then came up for Guildford oh, year, for 11, year 11 and 12. 12 yeah. yeah, so you didn't even come for footy. That's interesting. So I was going to ask you if there's a chance of moving to any other schools, but obviously the way it all panned out, it was only going to be Guildford, wasn't it? Yeah, it was only going to be Guildford. Yeah. Yep. And so you didn't move up, You didn't move with the family. They would have stayed. You were just boarding. Yeah, boarding school. So that was a whole new experience yeah, for me, yeah. you know, coming up. Um, being a Bunbury boy and being so close to the family, it was, it was such a strange feeling. Yeah. Um, and I know you obviously ended up playing in the first 18 at Guildford, but did that happen straight away? No. Year 11? So year 11, I was um, first four or five games was playing in the twos, plugging away there. Um, had some good fun there and then ended up getting into the end of the first 18 side probably halfway through the season and then 
unfortunately dislocated my kneecap halfway oh, wow. through the the year 11 season didn't play the rest of it and yeah just kind of nursed that for the rest for the rest of the year there yeah yep. um and you were part of a pretty special achievement at the time um while you're at guildford which was obviously in your year 12 years so it would have been your second year there you your your side where you won the um Alcock Cup or Shield in Alco, twenty. Alco, 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 Alco. Yeah, sorry, it's a prestigious. The cup, old, um, so. <laughs> yeah, the old pronunciation didn't didn't get included on the headline that I read. Um, <laughs> so anyway, you won that. In, it was in twenty fifteen. You were year twelve, and it was the first time. The hopefully I get this right. It was the first time the school had won since nineteen fifty eight, and I believe they haven't won again since either. Um, and you yep. you sewed up the the championship or the premiership with a 57 point win over wesley um what are your memories from that because i saw some footage and the celebrations look like an afl premiership to be fair oh we we partied so hard after (laughs) winning that championship um yeah it was actually an unreal experience for a year 12 kid to go through that and just have such a strong group like we had we had some phenomenal players in our team um, to list a few, we had Zach Fisher, we had who's at Carlton, we had yep. Griffin Logue, yep. who's now at Kangaroos, Sam Taylor, who's at GWS Giants, a couple of Swannies boys in Josh Cipro and Bradley Fulgrave, who used to play here, now East Perth. Jackson Beck. Jackson Beck as well. He was a year 10 and yeah. jumped up and played with us as well. So, yep. like, our team was absolutely stacked. Yeah. Um, you go through the whole the whole team and you couldn't pick out a weak link. It was just unbelievable for a school school team about that and we weren't coming up against duds either like wesley had um some names like cam zerha shay bolton um quinton narkle so um definitely our whole year group in 2015 across the psa was super strong so to come out on top for the first time in 50 something years for guildford was pretty unbelievable so i think it was it was it was worthy of us partying for a few nights as year 12s. Um, we actually went out to, out to Strawberry Hills um, to Griffin's place after beating Wesley for, by 57 points on that Wednesday. Um, it was a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday, yeah. It was a Wednesday. So Dude, it was a school night. Lit it up on a Wednesday <laughs> and night. And we absolutely charged out at Griffin's at Strawberry Hill. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely trashed his place, which his old man Mick wasn't happy about. But <laughs> Shout out Mick. Shout out Mick Logue. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was great memories. Like, honestly, like, wouldn't, wouldn't trade it for anything. I was so happy to come to Guildford and, and get that yeah. championship. Yeah, absolutely. We're back after a bit of a feed. We are just talking about Guildford and we were mentioning some of the players that you played with in that side. You rattled off the guys who were going on to play AFL and guys were playing at Swans. And the other one, the big one was Marshall Jones at the time. He was your captain, I think. Yeah, he was the captain. Yep. And a good chance to be picked up and that sort of thing. But... Yeah, it was obviously a, a very good team um, and a pretty special moment and a big thing for the club at the time. Um, how did you go personally in that year? And did that do anything for you in terms of your footy aspirations? Yeah, I was probably um, definitely not a shining light in the team. I was just kind of a guy that played his role and, and did a pretty good job for the team. Um, definitely wasn't a mug by any, any stretch, but definitely wasn't a... a you know, standout player like Griff who would take 10 intercept marks a game and Zach would have 40 touches a game and kick a couple. I was more of the hybrid wing forward type of player who could drift forward and kick kick a couple a game. And then 
get a few touches as well on the wing and use it pretty well. So I was a pretty slim sort of dude back then. Um, still slim now, but <laughs> I was a lot more slim back then. I hadn't touched a weight for a long time. Um, and yeah, so I just kind of played my role and, and bobbed up and kicked a couple. I managed to kick. Well, so you played forward. Yeah, I was playing forward, forward okay. wing. Um, managed to kick a few. Kicked four against Trinity and kicked kicked three, I think, in that last Wesley game. So, yeah, I was I was I was able to drift <laughs> forward. Knew how to find the goals. <laughs> yeah, I knew how to find them. Very <laughs> nice. Um, did you guys get close the year before in year eleven to winning it? No, no, no. When you were probably middle of the pack, we weren't the worst team, um, but we definitely weren't um, very strong. We we're probably still bottom three. Yeah, right. Our year twelves that year weren't much chop, yeah. and they made up most of the team and. Actually, it's probably more of the team was made up with year 11s because we were the stronger year group, and then there was just a few year 12s playing. Yeah. So yep. did you think that? Did you think in the year, year 12 year that you guys were a chance at the start, or did you come from the clouds a bit? Um, no, nah, we were always quietly confident. Like we knew we had like some really gun players playing, but it was just like each week we just kept winning and winning, and then the expectations grew and grew. Um, we had a little hiccup in the middle. We lost to Hale at Hale, which is always a tough assignment. Um, going there is always a bit intimidating as a kid. Um, they've got all their all their students stand around and, and they're pretty pretty confident, Hale boys, in their abilities. So um, they gave us a pantsing at Hale and that was before like the Easter break. So we kind of – Jeff Valentine was actually our coach. Um, he's at Peel Thunder now, Yeah, the head coach there and yeah. working with Freo. So – we were lucky enough to have a coach like him. He pushed us really hard um, and had that belief in us. And then we just rolled into the second half of the year and and just won the rest of the games. And, and it was amazing, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you – I know you hadn't played any Colts footy with Swans up to that stage. Did you play any development squad footy at all with Swans? Yeah, yeah I played like um, under 15s and under 16s and stuff and then kind of had, had a break um, between that and just played cricket and school footy. Yeah. Um, didn't really worry about Swans Colts. Um, yeah, I know a few of the boys played Colts, but I probably wasn't quite ready to play Colts at that stage uh, in my development. Yep. So you've obviously finished up at um, Guildford at the end of that year, being year 12, and then you were straight into um, Colts footy in 2016 at Swans. Did you do the preseason with the Colts leading into that into that year, or did you head home for a bit? No, I did the I did the preseason with Swans. Um, I was I was pretty nervous through that whole preseason on whether I was going to get cut or not. To be honest, we yeah, had a okay. massive group of boys, sixty plus. Yep. And the, Trent Cooper was the coach at the time. Yep. Um, and he split us up into like A, B, C. So there's probably like twenty in each um, A, B, C group. And for a little bit there, I was floating around in the C group, which was obviously you can make that up yourselves. That's the bottom yeah. twenty yeah. Of, of the squad, and I was. Yeah, I was nervous. I was going home at nights and like saying to dad, like, look, I'm I'm probably going to get cut here. Like, I'm a bit worried. Like, where am I going to play if I don't play at Swans? Because I haven't been doing any training anywhere else. I was living up in Perth. I didn't know where I was going to play. I, I would have to go back down south or something. All these things go through your mind when you're a kid. But um, just put the head down for a bit and trained really hard. Um, got quite fit and a bit stronger and managed to work my way up into the A group. Mm. Um in that 2016 year and play round one, which I was really happy about. Yeah, well, it was actually um, yeah, a bit of a surprise that you said that, that you're in the in the C group because you ended up playing um, the full year of Colts footy, or well, 20 games, which I think was the full year at the time. 
Um, and you had a good year statistics-wise. You averaged 19 a game and you kicked 10 goals in those 20 games. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a shock to hear that you felt like you might have been on the edge for a while. Uh, how did it? How did um, Colts footy compare to PSA footy? Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a step up. Um, PSA footy, like the top, top end of guys playing in PSA footy were really, really good. But then I felt like it dropped away quite quickly. You know, the back end of teams weren't quite as strong. Um, but Colts was probably more consistent with, um, good players. And then obviously your top end guys was really, really strong as well. So the standard was definitely better at Colts. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I was really lucky to play in that round one team and under Coops and he had a lot of belief in me from the start and started as kind of a half forward, centre half forward for the team. and Centre half forward. Centre half forward, yeah. <laughs> a rangy centre half forward <laughs> <laughs> and worked my way up the field a bit and ended up in the guts. So, yeah, yeah I was happy to get up get up in there and get amongst it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys went all right too. You had a um, pretty good side as well, like having a look in terms of guys who went on to play a like lot league footy or, or further on. Uh, you finished fourth and lost the elimination final to East Perth here at Bassendine um, in what looked like it was a pretty close game. It also looked like it was an upset because East Perth finished fifth, but it might not have been because they ended up making the grand final that year. But um, how how was it sort of playing in a in a Colts final here at, here at Bassendine in front of the home crowd? Yeah, it was it was unreal. I'm spewing we couldn't get up for the home crowd. Obviously, that would have been unreal to come off the ground and the crowd getting around us and as a Colts kid, because you don't get the massive crowds um, at Colts that you do at league level. So, yeah, to, to see so many fans out here watching us was pretty unbelievable. Um, in awe a bit when you run out there and, yeah, you can hear the roar of the Swannies crowd. So, yeah, again, spewing, we couldn't get the win, but to play in a game like that was, yeah, really good for the development for a lot of boys, especially myself as well. Um, just to experience that was pretty unreal. Yeah, and did you get close to playing any league footy that year? Because we were going poorly from a league perspective. Uh, we finished bottom of the ladder, and I know a few other guys from the Colts side played some games that year. Did you get Did you get close at all, have a sniff or anything like that? Nah, I think um, Greg Harding probably thought I would have got snapped in half if I played <laughs> league footy at that stage. I was still very rangy. Um, yeah, I was still getting thrown out of packs when I was playing Colts footy, so I think... If I did play league footy, uh, I would, I worry for what would have happened to my body. <laughs> um, I was just happy playing any Colts footy yeah, at that okay. stage. So, yeah, I know a few of the boys went up and played league and reserves and stuff, but they were probably the bigger body boys like Sip and, and Aiden Clark and Brad Fulgrave back in the yeah, day as well. So, yeah. 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 Um, and that year I think was your draft year when you played Colts, judging on – your answer that you just gave, I'm guessing you're probably going to answer this question with no, but was there any noise or interest from AFL clubs or was the draft on your radar at all? Was anything happening in that regard or were you sort of tracking along at your own pace and you probably weren't quite thinking about that yet? Um, funny enough, I had no expectations, obviously. I was just playing Colts footy and didn't get picked in any state 18s teams or squads or anything like that. So I had absolutely no thoughts of getting drafted or anything, but there was a couple of clubs, like I know Essendon were ke quietly keen for a little bit, um, like the Bulldogs and stuff were, were sniffing around as well, but it was, they never really approached me. It was just more like their recruiters at games were were happy with the way I was going and um, wanted to see a little bit more of me, but nothing really ever eventuated from it. But at the same time, I never had any 
aspirations at that stage um, to play AFL footy. I don't believe I would have been ready to play AFL footy or jump into a system at that age. So yeah. quietly, I was actually quite happy. It, it never happened when mm. I was younger. Mm. Yeah, and it's a good point really, isn't it? Like you see some guys who probably do go into the system when they're maybe not quite ready and you sort of think, well, if they had gone in a couple of years later, maybe they would have been um, better prepared or, or more ready for it just in terms of where they're at. Um, so it, like in terms of senior footy at Swans, you made a pretty natural like, progression. Uh, you played obviously Colts in 2016 and then the majority of your year in 2017 was in the reserves before debuting um, right at the end of 2017. So yeah, it's a pretty natural progression in terms of shifting through the grades. Before we get to your league debut, did you did you so going in 2017? Did you have any expectations of playing league footy in that year? As I believe you were probably too old to play Colts that year. Yeah, yeah, I was an overager. I was too old to play Colts. So yeah, the natural progression you talk about to come up and do preseason for the league squad. Yeah. Um, and then I did end up playing a preseason game um, against Subiaco for the league side. It was yeah, just okay. a half. Yeah. Came on in the second half. Yeah, when the, the game had done. When the, the game had yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. I ended up kicking a goal and had a few touches. So I was pretty happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, yeah, I wasn't wasn't ready to play league footy round one. Yeah. Um, so jumped back into the reserves. Actually started off all right in the reserves. Found a bit of the footy yep. and, and played pretty well. And then probably went through a patch... Um, through the middle of that year where I kind of really struggled. Um, got thrown around a little bit um, position-wise and maybe that first season of senior footy impacted my body a little bit. Um, in terms of doing the pre-season and stuff and, yeah, and yeah. just the level of yeah. it. Yeah, in terms of the pre-season, then just getting banged around by some bigger bodies. Yeah. Um, just wasn't used to it. So trying to get up each week for games, kind of as a young guy, just – probably wasn't doing the right things like um, to get my body ready each week um, and realised that pretty quickly when I got told halfway through the year I was on the cusp of getting um, like dropped out of the resi's team to go back and play Amos. Um, mm-hmm. First experience of um, having Pruy as a coach yeah, that year <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, in yeah. the reserves. Yeah. yeah, that was good. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then from the from the back half of the year I, I kind of turned a bit of a switch and just thought like all right I've got to start being a bit more professional now and and change like diet change like having ice baths and a bit of gymming and just all the little things that get your body right um and it was actually a bit of a tactical move as well um Pruy actually put me into a tagging role um I was playing like back line trying to lock down and Guys were kicking goals at me. I couldn't get much of the ball. And he said, look, I'm going to move you into the midfield. You can play on the other team's best mid every game. Um, you run alongside them. You win the ball when you can. Otherwise, you tackle them and you keep them to nothing. And yeah. I just took that and just ran with it and managed to string a few good games together in the mids um, as a tagging role and broke into the league side later in that year. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Pruy actually did a bit of that, I think, from memory that year in terms of switching guys into positions that paid off um, pretty well. Um, it probably gives an insight into um, how good a coach he is and, and, and good at what he does. Um, so you, it, I was going to ask you if you found it much different to Colts because you always hear the saying that like you go from playing against like, people your own age, say, similar body sizes to bigger bodies. It sounds like you've already answered that because you were yeah. feeling a bit banged up during the year. But yeah. you finally got your chance in round 22 of that season to play league footy, which was the second last game of the season. Did you, did you have any inkling just before that round, like in the weeks before, 
couple of weeks before that you might be a chance or were you an emergency or anything like that at any stage? Uh, to be honest, I had no idea I was going <laughs> to be debuting then. Um, Greg Harding on the Thursday night um, asked me to come into his office. Um, I didn't know. I didn't know what it was about. I was pretty naive at the time. I had no <laughs> idea that that meant, you know, you're a sniff of playing league. So I went in there and sat down in Smarty's office. Smarty and, and Greg Harding were there and he said, look, mate, I'm going to play you this week. It was round 22 against Claremont. Um, and I was over the moon. I couldn't contain my excitement. I was yeah. like, oh, this is unbelievable. I'd, I had so much emotions coming through me because it had been a long year in the reserves. Um, grinded away. I, I'd strung together a few good games, but I didn't know if that was going to be enough to push me up into the league side. And that was actually when he said, you know, there was a period there during the year that we were going to drop you out of the reserves squad and make you play ammos. But then you turn the corner and and started playing this tagging role and you, you did really well. So that's what we want you to do um, this weekend up in the league side. So, mm. yeah, to hear that news as a young fella was was um, career-defining, I think. Yeah, and I think that, like, just what you said there is a really good point for, I don't know, we probably don't have that many listeners, but anyone who is listening and probably just in general, if guys came to have a chat to you at the club or whatever, like, you're not – as far off as you necessarily think you are if you're willing to put the work in um and that like that tells right there so you've gone within a season from nearly being dropped in the reserves to playing league footy and oh like, i know I've, I've been dropped by Pruy from the reserves team as well at one stage yeah, yeah. actually <laughs> dropped and yeah i think i think the, the sort of the lesson is that if you actually just stick at it and are willing to put the work in you're not necessarily as far away as you might feel like you are at times and it's just the nature of it with with footy but yeah, so you had no inkling at all, eh, that you were um, going to play. What are your um, recollections of the day itself? Who presented you your jumper? Do you remember? Um, it was actually my um, godfather, or I call him my poppy, yeah. but his name is Keith Narkle. He's an absolute legend oh, of yeah. the club. Um, I did not know this. Yeah, so this is a little fun fact for all yeah, the listeners very out there good. And, and Donnie here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Keith is actually, yeah, he was, he was there when I was born. He's a family friend for as long as I can remember. Um, my my mum and dad used to play indoor cricket with him down in Bunbury wow. um, with Keith. And, yeah, he was there when I was born. He's actually my godfather. We grew up, go to his house all the time, have kicks of the footy. So I learned from one of the one of the goats yeah, there of you the go. 26 footy club. So it kind of um, stems from, yeah, when I was – as long as I can remember my Swan District's, you know, connection. So to get the jumper presented from him was like – a surreal moment. Yeah. Um, he's a man of few words, as everyone would know, listening. But the words he said were pretty impactful. Um, yeah, I was close to tearing up when he actually gave me my yeah, jumper because right. it was it was such an experience. And yeah, to get it from him was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and what are your other sort of, I suppose, recollections of the day? You did you? I'm guessing you probably didn't sleep that much, but you obviously played against Claremont. Did you? Did you play in the midfield going off of where you played your reserves footy leading up or did they put you somewhere else? Yeah, so I was running in the mids. I had the mission of tagging a bloke named Ryan Lim. Yep, very um, good player. Who at the time was racking the ball up like yeah. no one else in yep. the comp. Yep. Um, I think he played, might have played over 150 waffle games too. Yeah, yep. absolute legend of Claremont and knew how to find the ball very well. Um as a lot of Claremont boys do, they know how to find the footy. But <laughs> Greg gave me gave me the mission of tagging him and keeping his influence low. Um, so I think 
in my first game, if I looked at my, I wore the GPS and I looked at my data, and I think because Limmy was a very good runner as yeah, well. Yeah, he was. <laughs> um, I think I clocked up about fifteen and a half, sixteen k's mm. in my first game, um, and <laughs> a whole lot of high speed, and that was a real welcome to league <laughs> footy. I was cramping up in both calves and hammies. <laughs> I couldn't even move in the last quarter. I was trying to run with Limmy, and I think for the first three quarters, I had three or four touches. Because I was just like running next to Limmy, I was not letting him get it. I think, <laughs> I think I kept him to about fifteen or so. I think for which the game, which is not bad. Which was I was pretty happy with. And then I kind of got off the chain in the last, and I had six or seven in the last, and ended yep. up with ten. So yeah, yeah, I was happy. Chase I actually like, ended rem- up in the votes. The stats. <laughs> remembers the stats. <laughs> I'm a bit of a stats man. I like to remember <laughs> the stats. But yeah, I think um, I even got an award after that game, and for the confidence, it was like my confidence was through the roof after that from being near the lowest of lows yeah. through the year to near the highest of highs. Um, yeah, it was a stark difference and yeah, helped me so much in my yeah. career. Yeah. I think um, it, it's, it's a big jump. It, I, I don't know. For me, it's not that surprising because I know the top bike car, but I'm sure a lot of other people listening. Yeah. It's, it, that's an incredible sort of turnaround within, within one year. Your first two league games are losses. So not the best start, but you must have been going pretty well because the side still made finals despite losing those last two games of the regular season uh, and you managed to retain your place for the finals. Um, what was it like playing in a waffle final first off and then w- also winning the final because that was a pretty good day here at Bassendine against West Perth? Yeah, that was that was unbelievable. I think we had a 7,000 crowd turnout at Swan Districts and like – you look on the hill and I couldn't see any empty space. I couldn't see any grass. It was mm. just spectators everywhere and it was so loud um, for a young guy that had never played in any of that sort of atmosphere before. It was unbelievable. Like, could barely even hear the teammates out there. The Swannies crowd was that loud. So, um, yeah, and to get that win against West Perth, I was, I was playing in the back line that day. I kind of played my first game in the mid and then got put into the back line in half back. And obviously played it well enough in the first two that Greg put me in for the finals team, which yeah. was, again, another surprise because I was only a, a 19, 18-year-old kid and only had two games of experience. So it was quite daunting um, leading to the game. But funnily enough, I didn't get too nervous. Um, I think that's just the inexperience kind of speaking. You don't yeah. you don't get too worked up about it. Um, but, yeah, played on some good players in West Perth. Um, they had a quality side as well, but... That home ground um, really got us over the line and um, some pretty special um, games from Freddie Clutterbuck. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he had 20-something yeah. and kicked a couple yeah. and he was giving the finger wave to the yeah, crowd. Yeah. That sticks in my and mind. He's actually going to be on soon, so he'll Is be he? reminding everyone about that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give him a shout-out early then, Freddie Clutterbuck. <laughs> you played a ripper. Oh, Freddie, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I obviously I didn't play, but I was watching. That was a very, very good day, so... You obviously finished up the next week pretty disappointingly against um, South Frio, but no doubt, well, maybe you might tell us otherwise, but you would have gone into the preseason and heading into 2018 sort of thinking that you'd be trying to play a full year of league footy, I'm guessing, and you already touched on the fact that you started to take what you were doing off-field away from training and stuff a little bit seriously during the year, so... I'm guessing that you carried that into the preseason and, and set yourself up for a pretty big year because 2018 ended up being your breakout year from a waffle perspective. You played every game and you actually finished runner-up in the Swan Medal, which given you'd only played four games leading into the year, that's a really consistent um, and strong season. So 
does that um, does that all sort of ring true in terms of touching on like gearing yourself up to play league footy all year and like hitting that preseason, taking in some of the things that you'd started to do already? Yeah, absolutely. Um, those four games at the end of 2017 gave me the world of confidence heading into 2018. Obviously, we got absolutely belted by South Rio and South Rio. <laughs> yep. I think it was about 80 points or something, but I still managed to play a good game yeah, that day as well. Yeah, stats were pretty good from that day. Yeah, Do you remember so, them? 16 touches, Jesus I Christ. How do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm a stats guy. Maybe it's just my own stats, I remember. <laughs> um, yeah, but I still managed to play a good game that day and – I remember driving home with dad and he was like, yeah, mate, you played a, a ripper today and that should give you so much confidence heading into next year. Um, and I really just grabbed those games that I played and said, all right, you know, like I can definitely do it at this level. I've shown it already in four games that I can play good footy at this level and I'm just going to go into 2018, the preseason, um, and just give it my all and no, not leave any stone unturned um, in terms of preparation and doing all the little things throughout the whole year. So... 2018 we got the new coach in we got Adam Pickering yep. in um, who took over the reign and he straight away was yeah he was all for me straight away yeah, okay. um, he was yeah all love for me he he pushed me to be a good player so I actually owe a lot of everything that I've achieved to Pickers as well yeah um, he yeah he always had confidence in me he watched the few games from the end of that year and and just allowed me to play whatever role I really wanted to that year yep. um, so that was really awesome and I think um, I really owed it to myself to just um, give it the best crack that I could that year. So there was a lot of things like I didn't drink that whole season. I went to the gym a whole lot. I just lived by myself and just grinded footy basically, just trained my ass off. And I was lucky enough to have some really good experienced players around me like Tony Knott and yourself, Brandon, and <laughs> and Reese Palmer and some guys like yeah, that that yeah. it, um, provided some really good experience um, for a young guy and I just fed off all that experience and and played the best footy I could that year and, yeah, it all worked out in the end, lucky. Yeah. So you were living by yourself at that time? Yeah, there was six months there. I was just living in Belmont by myself. Obviously, yeah, I was getting yeah. a lot of help from mum and dad. They were cooking heaps of meals and paying half the rent as well and I was paying the other half and yeah. working as just a bartender. Yeah. Out in so were they living in Perth by that stage no they weren't so okay. i was the only one in perth they were still down in bunbury so what they, how, how, how are the cooked meals getting to you well they were running them up on the weekends <laughs> that well, is commitment shout out to shout the out. mom and dad shout out mom and dad that is unreal bruce and fiona they'll yeah. be listening yeah um, good good pe great people great people and they would come up obviously on the weekends to watch footy um yeah. they love footy they still come to every single game mm -hmm. religiously yeah. um they would come up, they would run me um, food. I'd stack it in the freezer, heaps of meals, That's lasagnas, unreal. and I managed to put on a lot of, not a lot of size, but a little <laughs> bit of size. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was just, yeah, I owe a lot to a lot of people during that year. Of course, yeah. Um, obviously, yeah, mum and dad and Pickers and that, just to have that belief in me and push me. And then I also had that inner belief to really grind it out. And when everyone else was going out, there were some nights when I was like, oh, geez, like I, I really do just want to go out and be young and party and stuff. But mm. I was like, at the same time, I don't want to throw any opportunity away that I might have because um, I had that confidence yeah. to play that year at yeah. a really high level. Yeah, no, that's uh, I didn't know that. You'd live by yourself for a period. That, that's, that's a pretty strong commitment to it. Um, I'm guessing, obviously, throughout that year, the attention in terms of being a draft chance probably gained a fair bit of momentum. By the time you got to the end of that year, um, the, the team didn't really 
achieve anything special from an on-field perspective, no finals or anything. But had you spoken to many clubs by the time the end of the year rolled around? Yeah, so I still remember the first club that ever contacted me was the Gold Coast Suns. Um, there was a guy, yeah, he gave me, it was probably like halfway through the year, maybe a third of the way through the year. Um, obviously started off well enough that year and I remember I was just driving somewhere and I just got a call from a random number and I picked up and I kind of thought it was a prank at the start. <laughs> and I just remember he was saying, yep, I'm one of the recruiters from the Gold Coast Suns. Are you free for a chat? And I just went like white, like <laughs> ghostly white, even more whiter than I am right now. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just started sweating. Like I was panicking. I was like, oh my God, this is real. Like mm. actual recruiter <laughs> from an AFL team yeah. is calling me and interested yeah, in having right. a chat to me. Um, and he wanted to tee up a, a coffee. And I remember going out for coffee with him in South Frio. Gee, no, not South Frio, sorry. I was going to say, good spot. No, <laughs> <laughs> South Perth, sorry. Oh, yeah, South okay. Perth <laughs> on Mendes Street there. Yeah. And um, I think I launched into like two coffees straight away. And I'm yeah. not a good coffee drinker. I get really? the shakes. I was going to say. Real bad. Yeah. And that was <laughs> that was a mistake. But I was just so nervous meeting this guy. Yeah. Because he was asking me all these questions at his laptop out. And he was writing down everything that I said. And he was asking me all these questions about, you know, like, who do you model your game off? Who do you think you are? Who? He had the whole team Tom list Brass, in front of me. Tom Brass, that name? No, no, not Tom <laughs> Brass. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> Um, but he had the Gold Coast Suns like team out in front of me. He's like, "All right, who out of this team are you kicking out? Who are you coming in for?" Yeah, right. I don't remember who I said. But pretty brutal, straight <laughs> it's up. Pretty brutal. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, they were asking the hard questions. So they were the first, and then I remember Hawthorne um, rang me as well. They came over to the house, and we had um, a bit of food at the house and another good chat again. Um. But every single chat was just like so intimidating like these guys coming over was i was sweating buckets and then <laughs> yeah frio was the next one after hawthorne and i kind of met with them down at coburn um they came around to the house as well so out of all the teams they were definitely ones that were the most interesting yeah, okay. from the start yeah um yeah because it doesn't always work out that way in terms yeah. of the club being the most interested being the one that ends up picking you up but so you've spoken to maybe three clubs you obviously you must have spoken to a few because you actually went to the 2018 state combine state um, draft combine which funnily enough jarvis pina went to as well who currently plays at the club so a bit of bit of full circle there um yeah. so did you think you were a pretty strong chance getting picked up then by by the time the season had done been finished and in that post season period yeah i look i was still probably 50 50 to be honest like um i think to go to the state common you needed two or three clubs interested in you yeah. so um yeah to go there and i did pretty well at the state combine I, I yeah did as good as i could what I, was your best what was your best um uh, test um i did pretty well in the jumps i think i was like top five in the jumps yeah. um which was good um pretty solid i broke the three for the 20 meter sprint as well yeah 2.98 yeah, nice. so could never do it myself <laughs> it's not your strong suit donnie <laughs> no. off the mark no. <laughs> um but then and then also got to chat to a few more clubs um at the state combine because all the all pretty much all 18 clubs were there as well obviously yeah. watching um mm. Also spoke to like Richmond and North Melbourne and a couple other clubs. Any of there, them so. show like a stronger interest that spoke to you there or not really? Nah, I wouldn't say it was like a really strong interest. I saw Frio again there as well and obviously like Gold Coast and Hawthorne. Um, it was always probably Frio that showed the most interest from the start. Um, and then, yeah, towards the back end of that year, I just, 
it's a really it's a difficult period. I was going to ask you what that like process is like between postseason and like draft day, I suppose. Yeah, because it just it gets to a stage where they just cut off all communication with you, really. <laughs> um, so you kind of get left in the dark there for a bit. There was probably like a month or so where I was like, I haven't heard from anyone, but I know I'm kind of sniffing around the mark, but I'm not quite sure how it's going to go. Yeah. Um, so I kind of I quit my job like a month and a bit before that. Which was? Uh, the bartending yeah. out at High Wycombe. Yeah. So oh. I, was, I moved moved out of the apartment that I was living in by myself, moved back home. Mum yeah. and dad by that stage had moved up to Ashfield just yeah. around the corner from the club. Yeah. Um, so I was living back at home. I was just unemployed but I was just still working hard at footy and stuff because I still had to work hard after the season and finished yeah. to grind for the state combine. So about not being able fit. to go out with mates and yeah. stuff. <laughs> so that was a long year for sure. I, I just wanted to have a bit of fun but um, I knew there was a bigger picture in mind. Mm. Um, so yeah um, and then as I said you just left in the dark a little bit. Um, you hear little murmurs every now and again you know like some articles would come out on the AFL website you know like this guy's a chance or, mm. you know, they do mm. like mock drafts and all this yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. Yep. Like mature age prospects from WA, like this guy's a chance and you read all those and it can get to your head sometimes. But realistically, you know, like, oh, I'm a chance, but I'm not a massive chance. So it was a little bit unknown for a while there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It w- Yeah, it doesn't sound like it would be a fun sort of period. But um, draft day itself... What was that like? What was the experience like of sitting through the national draft not getting picked up as well, which talk about brutal. Well, yeah. Um, the first day was the first time they did the f- the one to – like the first round, the one to 20. Yeah, like they, like, current, like they currently do it. Yeah, yeah, like they currently do it. So they only did one to 20. So I knew I wasn't going one to 20. So, so I, I didn't really tune into all, the first day. Yeah. I was all G there. Like that was no stresses. That would have been the biggest surprise ever if I was <laughs> one to 20. <laughs> um, so I knew nothing was happening there. And then, yeah, they did the next like morning they did the rest of it. Um, I was sitting around for most of it, you know, names get read out, it keeps going. You, you know the teams that you've spoken to are probably are definitely the ones that are most likely to call your name out. Yeah. Um, Freo had like a back-to-back picks like 53 or 55 or something Yeah. in the 50s and they picked up a couple of um, mature age Victorian blokes mm. and I was like, oh, this is not kind of looking good for me. They've picked up two mature ages from Victoria and I'm a mature ager myself. Mm. So I was like, how many mature ages are they going to pick? Um, and then all like the other clubs I'd spoken to had kind of moved on as well through it. And I was like, oh, I'd, we got to the end of the national, near the end of the national draft. I said, I can't do this anymore. So I actually went down to Swanee's gym, Budgie's gym here and just did a little workout and completely shut off from it because I was kind of like all right it's done I'm not getting picked up this was on the second day yeah this was the second day yeah Yeah. they did the rest of the national and then in the afternoon they did the rookie draft oh okay so So they did it the same day day. yeah it was all the same day um so I went to the gym smashed out a gym session I said to one of my good mates Cal Preedy Callum Preedy who lives in um South Perth Kensington I just said can we go shoot some hoops or something yeah I read this yeah, okay. <laughs> I actually read about this. You want to resign yourself to yeah. not getting picked up. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just like, oh, it's it's not happening. Let's be honest. Um, I'd resign to yeah, it's definitely not happening. So I just I just needed to get my mind off it because it was such a stressful time. Yeah. Um, went down to his house and we just shot some hoops for like an hour. Yeah. And then obviously I wasn't on my phone for that whole hour. And then I go back. We'd finished shooting hoops and I grab my phone and I turn it on and it's just absolutely flooded with notifications like random numbers have been calling me and all these messages and 
I'd like a hundred Facebook messages from random people I haven't heard of for so long, and I was like, "What is <laughs> going on?" Coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then yeah, I, I ended up. I was scrolling through a few of them, and then I saw like, "Congratulations, mate!" on on getting drafted. And I was like, "What the? Yeah. What is going on?" Far out. And then the next thing happens, I get a call from Peter Bell, and he's like, "Mate, we're stoked to have you at the club." And I just I can't explain the emotions that ran through oh. me. Yeah. At that stage, like it was an absolute blur, yeah. to be honest. Could only imagine. So, yeah, yeah pretty special moment, eh? Um, yeah. And were you happy to be staying in WA or would you have preferred to or been comfortable moving? I would have been comfortable to move. Yeah, I know definitely. you were a St Kilda fan growing up, which I don't know how that came about. Uh, Dad was always a St Kilda yeah, fan. Okay. We went to the 2010 drawn grand final together, oh, actually. Yeah. We went over for that whole week leading up to it and the game itself and... Yeah, I was always St Kilda growing up. Yeah. Loved him. Yeah. And um, yeah, Belly was uh, obviously the first person to get in touch with you at the club. Um, what was um, what was it like rocking up to your first pre-season in AFL club and doing footy as sort of a nine-to-five job? Was it what you expected? Was it different? What was it like? Yeah, it was definitely different. Um, to what you were expecting. <laughs> it was very professional. And then walking into the club and seeing some of these faces that you'd seen on TV only. Yeah. Um, and rubbing shoulders with them was surreal. Um, I was probably overawed at the start when I first got in um, on under Ross Lyon. Yeah, um, uh, you, you're going to have to touch on a little <laughs> bit what the Ross Lyon experience is like. Oh, it was a weird experience. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was a weird experience. But I probably caught him at the best time because he was quite mellowed out in his, yeah, his okay. last year at Freo. Yeah. Obviously, his earlier days, he was a bit of a... Ross the boss, he was yeah, a, a yeah. little bit psycho. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He still, it still bubbled up at times, yeah. definitely. Um, but yeah, it was it was unreal to be honest. Like just to run out there and train with some of these guys. Obviously, you get you get nursed through your first preseason. As yeah. A, so did as you a young kid. did you still get did you get nursed through as much as the other first year players? Because you were obviously a twenty year old, so not like really mature age, but you obviously weren't eighteen. So did you still get like the same treatment as the 18 year olds did or did you get to do a little bit more no nah, i was probably like in between yep. i was like i wasn't quite flat out like an 18 year old completely nurse but i was not fully integrated into 100 percent of the training as well so i was kind of like that in between 80 85 of training yeah um as a mature ager and obviously i was still a very slim built kid as well so they yeah. still saw me as a development type player um, so I don't think they ever saw me, you know, coming in and having an immediate impact mm. round one. Mm. They still wanted me to put on like 10 kilos, <clears throat> 10 kilos of size um, yep. when I got to the club. So, yeah, they definitely saw me as a, a longer, a longer process. Yep. Yeah. But but the experience was pretty like, full on and, and that sort of thing in the facilities, is no doubt that would have been a bit of a step up for you. Yep. All the, all the ice baths and the nutritionists, they were just feeding me all day. They were just, <laughs> it was just, yeah, like the gym itself was unbelievable. Was, everything was just at your fingertips, yep. to be honest. Like you had no excuses to not do something. Yeah. Um, Cause it was just all there, ready made, all free. So yep. yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and no doubt it would have helped having your good mate Griffin Logan already at the club. I think had he been there. For, was that his second year? Been drafted two years earlier. Yeah, yeah. I think he was heading into his third year. Yeah. When I got drafted, yeah, so he yeah. kind of, you know, he was a top ten pick there, and he was loved by the club. So um, the big fella, the big fella, Griff. <laughs> <laughs> All love for Griff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Did he help yeah. you out of it though when you got there? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He was. He was like the most excited out of anyone. 
yeah. made to come there. Oh, which I could imagine. Yeah, yeah, he called me straight away. He's like, mate, I can't believe this. <laughs> I can't believe this. You're coming to Freo. Um, and like first, I actually lived with him and Rory Lobb. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you moved out of home after getting yeah. picked up. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone, can't, you had to live with um, like a player for the first few months to get you integrated into like training and all this kind of stuff and get to yeah. know the boys a bit. So... Yeah, obviously I wanted to live with Griff because yep. he was my best mate. So I yep. kind of moved him and he was living with Rory at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Rory was only fresh at the club then as well. Yeah, yeah. That was his first year moving over from GWS. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a good experience as well. Obviously us three lads. Three just, Swannies boys as well. Three yeah. Swannies boys just, just running the house down there in Beaconsfield. Oh yeah. 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 Um, Donnie, you'd know that one. Yeah, I do, I do now. I do now. Nah, that was a, that was awesome. Um, yeah, driving to the club that first day was just like, oh my god, just so many emotions coming through. Mm, yeah. But it was an amazing experience. Yep. And you spent your first year on the list playing for Peel Thunder. What was it like playing at Swan Districts for the first time? It didn't come until around twelve, but of the season, and luckily it was in Mandra first up, probably not Bassendine. But what was it like? And then what was it like playing against them at Bassendine for the first time? Yeah, it was. <laughs> It was so funny coming out against Swan Districts. Um, yeah, I was definitely thankful it was down down there. I, I don't know if I would have copped anything from the crowd. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely more comfortable. I think we we won pretty easily that day as well yeah. down there yeah. from memory. Um, I think I had like 15 touches or something. <laughs> the stats guy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's not me. No one scores. Score <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was it was a good day. It was, it was obviously a bit weird coming up against Swannies because I had such a love for him. But I guess being round 12, we were kind of already halfway through the year. Like yeah. if it, it would have been a bit different if it was rounds one to three or something. It was still, it would have been still very fresh. But mm. I guess half the year had already re- already gone through. So I was kind of moved on to Frio and Peel by that point. Um, but yeah, then I guess at the end of the year as well, I think we ended up losing in a real tight one um, out here at Bassendine and... You know, that was tough because I think I was coming back off an injury that day as well. I only played two-thirds or three three quarters, I think, of that game. I sat out the rest of the game and watching the game, we lost. And I think that was actually, funny enough, that was my brother's debut game. Oh, really? Jack's first game out. for Swans um, out what here. What are the chances? And that was, yeah, I was coming up against him for Peel. Yeah. So that was, yeah. That was another surreal moment. Yeah, that's, that is unreal. Getting to play footy against your younger brother. Yeah who you'd always thought you would come out alongside him, mm. um, yeah, was different as well. And did he give it to you? Or did any did any of the boys give it to you in either of those games? <laughs> I gave it to him more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're the young pup running yeah, out yeah, here. I'm going to yeah. give you a couple of cheapies off the and ball. What about did any of the old heads get stuck in here? Nathan Blakely have anything to say? <laughs> <laughs> the doc always had something to say. <laughs> he was never short of words at doc. Yeah, but I, yeah, I remember my brother had to play on a bloke named Brett Bewley. He was a draftee with me yeah, as yeah, well at Freo, yeah. and he was an absolute gun runner. Yeah. And Jack was always a gun runner as well. So it was like two spearheads yeah, from yeah. running going head to head. Yeah. Uh, they would have clocked up some Ks that day for yeah, sure. Yeah. But it was pretty funny. Brett took him down to the full forward and had him one out and muscled him off the ball and took a mark. And I just got into Jack. I was like, you're too small. You're too small. <laughs> Take him to the cage. <laughs> Oh, so that, that's a, that's a pretty cool moment. Um, and it sounds like the, it was pretty. Mo- it wasn't too bad in terms of like playing against against the Ducks in terms of anything you might have copped, but no doubt it would have been weird. Um, and what was it like playing waffle footy at an aligned club as a listed player? Like, because obviously playing all of that year, um, 
was it more difficult having to play more of an, a system aligned with an AFL side as opposed to maybe trying to purely play footy for the club that you're trying to win with and stuff like that? Or did it not really feel that way? Um, no, it felt kind of normal. Obviously, Peel adopted the Frio system. So we'd all we'd train at 9 to 5. So we knew it in to out. So going back down to Peel and doing it was not too different. They obviously knew the way we played as well. So everyone was on the same page. It was mm. just the, the fact you didn't really know a lot of guys' names or um, how like the individuals and stuff like that. It was different, but the system itself wasn't too hard to integrate into. Obviously, Ross's system was quite defensively mindsetted. Um, the way he moved the ball was very methodical, um, which was a little bit different coming from Swans to like we didn't really have too much method to our game style back then. And then coming to Ross, who was like, um, you know, this is exactly how you got to move the ball. If you're in this position on the field, you kick it here. Yeah, right. Like it was, as a young fella, um, it was a it was a bit to take in because you were, I was quite stressed. Like whenever I got the ball when I was that young, like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do here? Mm. Um, and at that stage, I was probably playing um, like nearly key back. So they wanted me, because of my height and stuff, they kind of wanted me to be like a third tall slash key position player. So that's why they wanted me to put on all this size and get a bit stronger so I can play on the bigger boys. Yeah. Um, so that kind of was challenging at times as well um, during that Peel season because we weren't the best team either. We were probably middle middle of the road. Yep. Um, and then every, every team had a really quality full forward in the waffle. So pretty much coming up against the f- best full forward each week. Mm. Um was good for the development for sure. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's, it's pretty tough though as well having yeah. to try and adapt to that position when you're probably not really suited particularly to that. Um, so you got through your first year on the list as a rookie, which when you're a rookie, it can be difficult and I'm guessing a little bit like nerve-wracking or anxious in general because um, you're, you're obviously a year-to-year proposition when you're on a rookie list. And then COVID hits. How was it? How was that for you when it happened? Given you were on the rookie list, did you at one point get worried that, like, you wouldn't be able to play any footy for the for the season with the position that you're in? Yeah, well, lucky enough, I think COVID didn't quite hit until like 2020, the start of 2020. Yeah, so yeah. 29 end of 29 was still pretty normal. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I was lucky enough. Obviously, they saw me as a development player, so they they like I'd already put on seven or eight kilos at that stage, and they were happy with the footy I was playing at Peel. Okay. So, so you had a bit of reassurance. I had already. reassurance there. Yeah. I'd, I'd already signed a contract for the next year, like a month or so out from yeah, the end okay. of the year. So yeah. I was I was pretty pretty happy. And like my manager was always like, yeah, no, you'll be fine, mate. You're showing enough um, at this stage. I was actually close to getting a game at the very end of that year when we had a few injuries and stuff like that, but didn't go my way. But um, I also got injured during that year as well, hurt my knee for a few weeks and rehabbed that well. And so... I was never worried in that regard. But then moving into the 2020 season, um, I had a bit more belief and confidence because I already had that one year under my belt. Um, we had a new coach come in, Justin Longmuir, um, and some new coaches around him as well. And they brought in a different style. And I think he he came in with more energy than what Ross had for the young guys, um, which gave me in turn a bit more energy to you know take it on a little bit more and play with a bit more confidence. And so during that pre-season, I'd, I had a really good pre-season. I was running really well and played really well in the in the practice matches leading up. Um, and I was actually like 
as close as you could be to debuting in that round one yeah, 2020 wow. season against Essendon. I was literally the travelling emergency, the 23rd man that travelled over and watched the game from one of the boxes um, in front of no crowd because <laughs> there was no crowd at that yeah. stage in 2020. So, yeah. yeah, like I was I was actually gutted I didn't play round one because I thought I was like nearly a certainty yeah, to okay. play. Yeah. Um, but didn't so yeah well you, yeah you obviously took it in your stride even though you didn't get that early game because you didn't up um going ahead and, and making your debut um in round eight against the cats at at optus stadium so at the home ground but obviously it was um a pretty different experience you it was all it was prior to any hub because you're at optus but you you didn't actually play any waffle footy in the lead-in so how did you sort of get your chance to show your form or suppose or push your case for selection yeah it was it was such a different year like we obviously had that two-month layoff as well so after mm. round one finished up it was probably a couple of days later everyone saw the news um we were watching the tv i was living with bailey banfield and sam Sturt at the time in beaconsfield and we watched the news and there was a complete lockdown mm. um COVID had hit getting calls left, front and centre from operations managers at the club, like, yep, you've got to stay at home. We're working through everything now. Literally, I had to go back and move back into home out of Ashfield for two months and, and live at home and um, had to do runs just at the over. It was felt like we'd gone back into pre-season. Like, we'd just finished pre-season, played round one, and then we're back into pre-season. Yeah. And you would have gone through the same thing yeah, yeah, yourself. Yeah, um, yeah. All the waffle guys and every other league went through it, so... Obviously, we had to train in our little pods um, that mm. we were put in and, yeah, it was weird. And then finally got back to the club and we could we had to hub in um, the Gold Coast over in Queensland. Later on. Later yeah. on. So that's where we, we were there for like six to seven weeks. Yeah. Um, so that whole time over there, I kind of – there was other guys that were injured at the start of the year that kind of came back um, and played in front of me. So then I had to really work my ass off again to try and get back into that team. And we had to play um, like some 12 on 12 games like against other AFL guys that weren't yeah. um, playing that weekend. So it was really, it was actually quite difficult yeah, playing sounds, 12 on 12. Yeah, sounds ridiculous. Yeah. So that was sort of how you you had to <laughs> try and put your hand up. But you ended up obviously doing something right because you came in. Um, you obviously would have come back from the hub by that stage. Yep, yep. So, so you did like a little stint in the hub first, then came back for a bit before you did another stint in the hub. Yep. So yeah. that was probably the little transition. There was probably like a little three to four yeah, week okay. transition back back in WA, which worked out right. I suppose you got to play in WA. But yep. what was the day like? Was it? It was. Yeah. You obviously didn't get the traditional experience. Did you? Did you? get any family that could go at that time or did you get any sort of anything to make yeah. it a little bit more of a memorable day you still would have never forget it but yeah did you get anything to make it a bit more memorable yeah it was different because i was i was a late in i was categorized as a late in so i couldn't actually go around and tell yeah, everyone right. um because it was tactics you know to not let geelong know um, that I was coming in for it was Coxie at the time who Brennan Coxie yeah. had a bit of an injury cloud yeah. um, and was was going to miss. Obviously, didn't make any difference to the game. They slaughtered us yeah. anyway. So yeah. Um, but it's just all the little things at that AFL level that they really drill into you that you you know you're not allowed to tell anyone. You got to keep it under wraps. Um, but yeah, I remember I got the call probably two or three days out. So I was I was a late in, but I knew. Two or three, doubt, two oh, or three okay. days but out. But you weren't allowed to tell anyone But I wasn't allowed to tell anyone. Not even like mum and dad. Oh, I definitely told mum and dad. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. 
So I think I had 10 tickets for the game. I told okay. mum and dad and I told them, all right, let's keep it under wraps. But you can tell like a couple of people that you know aren't going to tell yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone else. So I yeah. think I had like a couple of cousins and stuff. There yeah. And okay. and uncle, so, so. so there was still people, there was like a restricted crowd that was able to go to the game at that stage? Yeah, I think it was 50% crowd okay. at that stage. That's so all right. Yeah. yeah, there was probably still, yeah, 20,000 there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even luckier yeah, that you got to... To, to you're playing for a WA club and got to do it in WA there, I suppose, as well yeah. in that regard. So at least you got to play in, in front of somewhat of a crowd. Yeah. Um, and who'd you line up on? Do you, you were playing back, obviously, I'm guessing. Do you, or yeah. do you remember who you um, lined up on and what else do you remember about the day um, aside from your stats? Yeah. <laughs> I had <laughs> eight touches that day. Yeah, that is right. I know this because I checked. Yeah. yeah. But um, what else do you remember from the day? Yeah. I mean, just running out for the first time was like – unbelievable experience it mm. was raining that night it was actually a, yeah it was a monday night game which yeah, is actually i remember this weird now. in itself yeah i remember this now yeah. not a lot of teams play monday night games mm. and playing that for your first game against a red hot geelong who was playing really good footy and it was wet it was just bucketing down the whole game it was it was a different experience for sure because mm. you don't you want that um, normal experience you run out there you know you get a few kicks and get feel happy about it but they brought the heat straight away so I started on the bench and literally ran out to the middle of the field it was in our fourth half and it got bombed out and it just landed straight on my chest so within Beautiful. about five seconds I already had an intercept mark Beautiful. and I was pumping it back inside 50 so <laughs> yeah. that released the nerves a bit yeah I remember the first person I lined up on was Gary Rowan yep. from Geelong yeah the speed stuff so a couple of redheads going yeah. at it <laughs> <laughs> Um, but he was quick. I remember one stage he was running down the outside of the wing and I was trying to keep up, but he was clocking 35 plus k's yeah, an hour. Like yeah. he, was, he was a speed star. So. Like I wasn't chasing <laughs> And I also, because that was Gaz's Gary Ablett's last year as well. He's oh, playing yeah. a bit of Ford, so I lined up on him. Did ya? At one stage. Fire and that out. was. Were you shitting yourself? Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was quietly, yeah, shitting myself playing on the goat of, debatably the goat of yeah. AFL football. Yeah. Yep. So, but again, that was another great experience for a young guy in his first game to play on Gary. Oh Ablett. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, let alone just playing. Yeah. I also was... remember Big Tomahawk as well. Absolutely steamroll me Did at he? one stage. <laughs> I, had a, <laughs> I had an AC joint injury <laughs> at the start of that year as well, and it was on my bad shoulder. He absolutely poleaxed. Got ya. He got me a good one. Is he as big as he looks? Yeah, when definitely. You, when you're out there. He's as big as he feels, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> when oh. he when he when he gives you even shoulder, you definitely so feel that it. was a bit of a welcome. Yeah, welcome to the AFL football. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's unreal. That's a great story. Yeah. Um to be able to tell. Well, see, you yeah, like you said, you guys got pumped, but you um held your spot uh, and you managed to play the next week against Collingwood and get your first win. So that would have been a pretty pretty good experience. I actually remember we had a mid season buy or something. And I remember watching that from Margaret River. I just put the feet up, watch the old toba. Wouldn't normally watch the Dockers, do. but thought I'd watch the old toba. Yep. So that would have been pretty good, playing in the wing, getting in the circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was good as well. Yeah. 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 Obviously, Collingwood have some really good players as well. Yeah. And to get the first win against Collingwood yeah. was another great experience. Get the Gatorade shower after the game. Yeah. And were you stiff to get dropped after that game? Yeah, I thought I was very yeah, stiff. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. I got told after that game that I'd played a, a good game as well um, from JL. Well, the stats looked better in yeah. the second game than the first game. I don't know how you felt, but yeah, the stats looked better. Yeah. No, I paper. definitely felt like I played with more confidence in that second game as well. And I don't think I really did too much wrong, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And that's all the feedback I got mm. from the coaches. Um, just unfortunately, an absolute legend of the club, Stephen Hill, was coming back 
yeah, from injury okay. that week yeah, after. Okay. And I was classified as the seventh defender. I was the last guy to come in. So Jay was basically like, look, you've done nothing wrong. You've played good footy first couple of games. But unfortunately, a 200-plus gamer in Stephen Hill is coming back from injury and someone has to go out. And unfortunately, that's you because you're the seventh defender. Mm. And I said, oh, well, how do I take this information? Like I'm playing good footy. I don't really deserve to be out of the team, but I am. So yeah. that was a bit of a bitter pill to swallow. And then he said after that, he's like, yeah, but oh, look, like someone will probably get injured this week and you'll be back in the team next week because, you know, you're coming – out of the team with good form. You'd rather be coming out of the team with good form than bad form, he yeah, said. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, yeah, I stayed optimistic. Um, but I think it took like another eight to ten weeks before I could get yeah, back into the team. That's right. Yeah, it was. So, yeah. you know, like at the time I was like, oh, yeah, well, I guess you're right. I'll, ho- I'll hopefully be back in the team pretty soon. But it just kept dragging on and on and on. And, and that year we didn't really have much chance to prove ourselves to mm. get back in. So... Yeah, I felt like things went my way to get a game, but then they didn't. Um, I felt like I could have played a lot more games that year than what I did. Yeah, because um, I was playing good footy. Yeah, I felt. Yeah, so. yeah, it's a it's a tough situation to be in, isn't it? That kind of thing where someone like that's coming back, and yeah, I suppose I suppose it's good in a way that the coach was sort of upfront with you in terms of exactly what the situation was, and probably didn't try to put too much mail on it or tell you something else but yeah yeah definitely um the tough one um you like you said you, you found yourself back in the team for one more game which was against kangaroos in round 17 that and that would have been in the hub because i saw that it was in queensland yep. during that was probably your best game did it feel that way to you yeah because yeah. it looked like it just going by stats again but yeah and there were chart stats on everything I, I did see a few highlights though as well a couple of nice <laughs> intercept nice marks intercepts, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So um, that would that would have been pretty good. Yeah. Like to do it late in the year as well. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, coming back in the side, I think I was around 17 or something and playing against the Roos. Obviously, they're not much chop. They were pretty bad at that stage yeah, as well. But you still got to, like, you're still yeah, playing against still AFL playing on players, good players and you still got to play well, don't you? Yeah, definitely. So I was, yeah, I would have taken a few intercept marks and used the ball well and again, felt like I played a good game. And that's all the, all the feedback I got from that game as well was like, yep, you've played another good game. Can't really fault you for coming into the side and playing your role mm. like that's all we asked of you to do to come in and you've done that so yeah for my for myself i didn't really know what else i could do because mm. being that seventh defender you're not the guy that has the ball in your hands all the time you got your luke ryan's and you got other guys down there i think it was like reese conquer at the time and guys like that that you trusted to have the ball in your hands to use it a lot so you're kind of just yeah, in there to play a role. Yeah, basically to lock down on one of their forwards and and win the ball when you can. And I felt like I was doing that well. So yeah, yeah. And again, again to come out of the side after that game was another bit of pill to swallow because mm. it was, I think it was Reese Conker that was coming back into the side. So he was another 150 gamer. So I was basically coming out of the side both times for just more experienced guys. Yeah. Which, which is. Was, Tough. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like even just coming out after like one or two games, it's just it's just tough, isn't it? Because you sort of feel like well, you should be given more of a go. Yeah. Sort of regardless, but you um you lock away a one year extension pretty early again. Yeah, that was probably 20, like twenty one. Yeah, that was probably like halfway through that yeah. year. So it was real early. I knew I was sticking around yeah. for another year. So again, I was never really too worried. But 
there was a whole lot of guys that were worried at the back end of that year because it was the COVID year and, mm. and list the sizes list were sizes, getting cut. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, and even money. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So the salary cap was lower as well. Yeah. And I was thankful that I was able to get in early and, and secure a, a one-year contract because there was a lot of guys that, yeah, got shown the door. There was probably like 10 guys yeah. from the list that got cut. So Which is tough, yeah. Yeah, a lot of some good players as well got cut mm. just purely off list sizes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it would have been a difficult period, um, no doubt. But, um, yeah, I actually saw an interview um, of you and I was going to try and play it, but there wasn't really anything to stitch you up with because you spoke pretty well. So credit <laughs> to you. <laughs> always, mate. Always speak well. <laughs> um, now, 2021, it was a year of real highs and lows for you. Absolutely no doubt about that. Um, it was back to footy as it was to a degree, like more or less, particularly in WA. And you played round one. So you would have been feeling like you'd taken a step forward at that stage um, off of the preseason. Mind you, you were dropped for that game um, after round one, I think, or injured. I got injured after Okay, game, I was yeah. going to say, yeah, so you definitely would have felt like you took a step then. Yeah. Took yeah. a step forward. Definitely, yeah. Playing against Melbourne at the MCG round one was like... First time like at the G. It's all happening, yeah, yeah. It's all happening. So I was super happy to get in that round one team. Yeah. Because um, we, we had a pretty full side at that stage as well. And, yeah, to get in and, and play was great. Yeah, um, and then got injured, but then came back in for round four, and then you went out again after that game. Was that due to injury again, or no? Nah, that was another situation of playing a good game, but yeah. there was another guy coming in. That was kind of a little bit of the story of my career. At, at, yeah. If you sum it up, um, that's why I think when I did ended up end up getting delisted, there was quite a few um, comments, and I've still be, I'll still cop it to this day from people saying, you know, you never deserve to be cut from the list yeah um, yeah you know because i feel like every game that i played at that level was was good yeah for footy i never really played too many bad games yeah. so yeah that was an, another i've said a lot but another bit of pills yeah 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 i know but but that it is and like did you oh, did you were you able to understand why you'd be getting dropped after a game or did you understand at the time that it was maybe a nature, the nature of the business, even if it wasn't right? Did you sort of understand that, or were you at a point where you were just like, "Well, like, what's going on?" Like, no, I was definitely at a point where I understood it, but at the same time, I was like, "Oh, this is my third year now, and I've been copping the same sort of treatment for a while now." I feel like the whipping boy um, mm. a lot, and there was quite a few games throughout my career where I was that traveling emergency or the 23rd guy, you know, if the sub rule was around now when it was back then, I would have probably played bloody 30 odd games. Yeah. I was just that 23rd guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot, you know, like yeah. Jail would always say, you know, you're so close, you're so close to getting in the team, but there's just this one guy ahead of you or, you know, we've got this guy coming back or, you know, um, which was, it's, it's hard to, hard to comprehend sometimes because everyone just wants to be playing every yeah. week. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the business is pretty brutal. Yeah. But, like, in saying that, you, you obviously, you, like, in your first year that you played at AFL level and then early on in 2021, you were playing, like, one game at a time, two games at a time. I know, obviously, one of them was because of injury, but the other times weren't. But then you did come in and play um, five games straight. Then you went out again, but then came back for the last three games of the season. So you had two pretty decent stretches um and played some good footy at the level and i know because i sort of watched um a fair fair bit of it and yet obviously ended up playing 11 games for the season which is half a year at the 
at the top level. So if you look at it, you go from your first year playing just waffle to playing three games in an interrupted and shortened and weird bloody COVID season. And then you play 11 in your third. So it almost seemed from the outside like a natural progression that almost the next step would be another contract and potentially off the rookie list. So when the end of the season comes and you're not being delisted and, you know, this might be tough to, to sort of talk about and relive, but because um, I mentioned at the start, you probably should still be on a list. But did you sort of did you see it coming? Um, no, I didn't really see it coming to be honest. Mm. I was always quietly confident because I remember they brought in a rule where rookie listed guys you could only originally have three years on a rookie list, and then you had to be either elevated to the senior list or you were cut. Yeah. But I think they brought in a rule because of COVID. They increased the size of the rookie list, and they allowed guys on the rookie list to be on there for four years. So I was like, all right, I'm only in my third year. I can just easily get a, a fourth year on the rookie list. Like, I, I couldn't see why that wouldn't be a problem. You know, I, I felt like I'd shown enough throughout that 2021 season to at least deserve that, to be honest. So I was always in constant chats with my manager and he was always like, yeah, like we're, we're talking, you know, we're, we're working through it, we're working through it. But clubs are pretty good at not giving you much information. Mm. Um when there's when they when you're asking for it, they're pretty pretty secretive, pretty quiet. Um, so I think as time grew on, I kind of felt less and less confident that I was gonna get a during contract. Yeah, yeah, during that year, because mm. previous years, you know, I'd known reasonably early that I was gonna be getting another contract, and then as the year grew on, I was like, yeah, okay, um, it's looking a little bit more grim and grim as the year went yeah. on. So. And then, yeah, and ended up getting get to the end of that year, end of the season. I played the last three games and played, played all right. Played well, yeah. Yeah, played well. So I guess I think they might have already made their mind up before the end of those three games. Yeah, which is to be honest, pretty, which is, pretty which bloody is tough. brutal, yeah. Yeah, so um, I just remember getting a call from my manager like a few days after that last game. We got back. We obviously got smashed by Saints that game as well. We were still a chance to play finals. Like mm. if we'd won that game by enough points, we could have played finals. Yeah. Um, but we lost in Tassie and then flying home was pretty grim. Mm. Um, I knew that I had to play the last two games at Peel as well because I hadn't played enough AFL games that year. Um, and then, yeah, got a call from my manager saying, yeah, look, they're not offering you a contract for 2022. Yeah, and right. I was driving back up from Mandra after training. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh, it was like my whole world had just crumbled. Yeah. Did no. you even go in to speak to anyone at the club, like JL and stuff? Yeah, yeah, we had a, I had an exit exit meeting. Exit meeting. Yeah. Um, that was yeah, a couple of days after that as well, and yeah. um, that was, yeah, um, I didn't really listen to much of what they said. To yeah, be honest. I was yeah. just so emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard from we heard from um Jarvis, like the same thing happened, and he was saying the same thing. Like he just wanted to get out of there as quickly as possible, so he didn't really provide much or at the no. time or or listen to much of what was being said no nope, just sat there and slouched in my chair and they had Wolsey up on the zoom yeah, chat. He was, yeah. david walls he was a list manager he's like yeah mate we're gonna put together a little package where we're gonna try and get you picked up by another club and all mm. the stuff we'll do do our best to to help you out as much as possible and i was just like in one ear out the other I yeah was not listening to a word they were saying and yeah i just remember looking at jl for most of the time and he was just sitting there. I don't think he said one word mm. the whole time. It was mm. just Peter Bell and Wolsey were speaking the whole time. Yeah. Um, they basically said I didn't get a contract because they saw all these other defensive guys coming back that had been injured and I would have just got shoved to the back. And they thought that I'd developed as much as I could 
and I'd hit my peak. Um, and they were like, yeah, like we just don't see you jumping ahead of these guys that are going to be coming back from injury. Like you had your young guys like Heath Chapman and Hayden Young coming through and yeah. Joel Hamling and Alex Pierce, these other guys that were mainstays of the club, Griff obviously as well. And yeah, they were basically like, we don't see you jumping ahead of any of these guys. You've hit your peak. Um, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And I was I was sitting in Mark Anderson's room at the club. He was like our off-field manager yeah. there at Frio and – I was just bawling my eyes out. Mm. Like I was bawling my eyes out because mm. I was like, what am I going to do now? Yeah, you know, yeah. This has been this has been my whole life for three years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it, it absolutely brutal sort of industry and process and not something you'd want to go through. But yeah, just especially after the way that season panned out. But um, how do you sort of reflect on your time at the Dockers overall now? Yeah, obviously looking back on it, they gave me a chance. Um, at the time I was pretty raw and – you know, I wasn't happy with the way it all panned yeah, out. Yeah, um, as which you, is understandable. As you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they were the ones that gave me the chance. At the end of the day, they were the ones that gave me um, the ability to live out my boyhood dream, which was play AFL football. So I'm forever indebted to Freo in that regard yeah. for giving me that chance. Um, but at the same time, they've caused me so many negative emotions at the same time yeah. as well. So it's pretty hard got the highest of highs from them but the lowest of lows in yeah, my yeah. life as well yeah so it's hard to really put your finger on it yeah bit 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 of sweet eh yeah, yeah definitely yeah um and were there any other immediate talks with any other clubs after about getting picked up after you got delisted did you have any talks with anyone at the end of that end of 2021 at all yeah i had a couple of chats with some of the lower sides like like in north melbourne was sniffing around for a bit um actually west coast was pretty pretty keen at the time as well and taken that <laughs> um they were probably the main two but yeah other than that there was not too much interest so yeah, yeah i was just kind of talking to my manager and you know talking through every single option that we had moving forward um but yeah at the same time i was like i don't even know if i want to get back to that level again it was such a stressful time yeah, okay um that whole three years in and out of the side like being on the outer of an AFL team, there's no more um, miserable place, mm. I would say, mm. like in terms of stresses. Um, but yeah, I just, I didn't even know if I wanted to play footy again after that. I just, I thought I would have needed a break at yeah. least. I yeah, definitely yeah. didn't touch a weight or go running for a little bit there, as you probably would have seen when I got back to preseason. <laughs> I was pretty slim again and not in the best nick, but. Yeah. Yeah, that's just the way it was. Yeah, and you probably needed that lot yeah. mentally anyway. Yeah, to, mentally to do I was that. cooked. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you came back to Swans um, and that was obviously, from our point of view, massive positive because we got a sort of a player and person of your calibre back to the club. Was there any talk with any other Waffle clubs? No, no. no. I think East Perth offered something, but it was just like no no chance. Like yeah. I think everyone knew that. I'm a Swannies boy. Yeah, I was yeah. always coming back to Swans. Yeah, there was no so, doubt about that. So once you decided that you were playing footy, it was also um, it was, I mean, also it was always Swans. It was always Swans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't play for any other waffle team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you, you since coming back, like I mentioned at the top, you've added value to our side and been you're a bit of a Mister Reliable. Played in multiple positions as required. I mean, last year you played prominently midfield, finished third in the Swan Medal, and you had a. Uh, you're having a really strong season again this year, playing down back on the wing, inside when required. I think the game against South Frio when we won early in the year comes to mind for me as sort of a good example where we need you in ins inside and 
you went in there and sort of changed the game for us and were pretty instrumental in the win. So I think it's um I think it's a credit to you that you've come back and and actually committed and done what you've done because there's a lot of guys who um for lack of a better term would come back and take the piss so yeah that's a credit to you um do you enjoy playing multiple positions i do to a degree <laughs> <laughs> i i think i'm a pretty selfless sort of player and i'll do what's best for the team yeah um so whatever position i get put in i'll, I'll just do it to the best of my ability yeah um whether that's in the back line whether that's locking down someone in the back line or whether that's playing on a wing or inside mid mm. i don't really mind um i think if i look at my own game and probably know where I best play my best footy. It's probably in that half back third tall um area. But keep again it's good it's keep always out of <laughs> <laughs> it is always good to have versatility. Every other to keep out of your space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and Donnie always going for each other's marks. <laughs> um but yeah, like it's good to have versatility as a player. Um yeah. if you want to if I want to get back to that top level, it's something that you've got to have. Mm. I think I was able to string a few AFL games together because I was able to play on taller guys and play that key position. So even yep. though I'm not a big guy, I was able to play on taller guys. So you got to have versatility if you want to keep moving up the ranks. That's probably one thing I'd tell to to young guys out there that want to you know progress in their footy and move up from whether it's from resis to league or ammos to resis or whatever level you're trying to move up to. You got to have versatility in your game, mm. so you're not just confined to one spot on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously, coming off of the bad luck with being delisted, are you enjoying your time at the club? And how do you sort of see the club being positioned for the coming years? Yeah, there's there was definitely a sense of you know energy when I first got back to the club. Um, it was a dark time for sure. Obviously, I'd just been delisted, and I didn't even know if I wanted to play footy and coming back and everyone was just so up and about and it felt like I'd never even left to mm. be honest like mm. everyone just welcomed me back in yeah um all even all the all the supporters and stuff were like yep great to have you back Tobes it was it felt like I hadn't left yeah which was a great feeling and it was very um homey and and welcoming you yeah. know so yeah for sure um yeah that was I think what I needed coming out of the system I just needed somewhere stable and somewhere that was going to support me and yep. look after me a bit so yeah, it was, it was great to come back here. Obviously, uh, as I said, it was a no-brainer to come back here. Um, I was always going to come back here and play footy. So, yeah, um, yeah really buoyant about um, the next few years moving forward. Yeah. Um, and is getting is getting back onto a list and playing AFL again, because you said that you weren't sure if you wanted to play footy when you came off one, but is that still your primary ambition from a footy perspective I mean you're 25 26 at the end of the year and we've seen enough examples now of guys coming in at a more mature age like more mature age than 20 like the mature age being the 25 or the 26 and being able to have a really good impact and usually a lot quicker than an 18 year old that gets drafted so is that sort of still your ambition yeah well they've obviously bought in like mid-season draft now and they've got these supplement periods and all this all these different avenues now they didn't have that back in the day, but they now have for all these mature guys to get onto a list. So I've definitely still got that drive in me. Um, it's something that I've been tossing up ever since I've been delisted, um, whether I wanted to get back there or not. But I think this year's kind of reignited me a little bit and that flame inside me to, to go for it again. Because um, I just feel like if I didn't go for it, it'd just be one of those things where I'd, I'd just regret it when I get to 40, 50 years old or down the track, I'd say, oh, like... I wish I just, you know, gave it another crack for that one or two years yep. when I was still in that window. Um, yeah. I just want to 
yeah, like a lot of guys just don't want any regrets when I get older. So, um, yeah, I'm just, yeah, keen to give it the best that I've got for the next couple of years. And if it doesn't happen, then I'm happy with that too. Yeah. Like I'm not going to get hung up on if I don't make it or not. I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket, but I am going to, yeah, work hard and try and get back to that level. Yeah, and I think that, yeah, that's a that's a perfect way to go about it, especially if someone of your sort of quality that, I mean, still I think has a bit to give at the level. So, all right, quickly before we get into a few segments, I can get you out of here, whip you through it because you've been real good with your time. Um, <laughs> how do you balance? How do you or how do you balance, or do you feel like you need to balance the multiple demands in terms of playing waffle footy and um, having to work or study, which for you would be work, but um, yeah, do you feel like you need to balance that multiple commitments given that it's only a semi-professional um, job? Yeah, there's a lot of things that you have to balance. I mean, there's our work. I actually do a bit of study. I'm doing teaching at the moment at Murdoch as well. So yep. wasn't able to do a lot of that at AFL level. Now I'm smashing out three or four units a semester. So, and then working part-time, working a bit, of, bit through Swans as well out at schools. And then I've also got to juggle that with being in a relationship. And Correct. Yeah, you hear it a lot from the missos. Shout out, Anthea. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but they're they're your main support as well, and you you got to spend time with with them and your family and friends and stuff outside yeah, yeah, yeah. of footy as well. So there's a whole lot of commitments um, when it comes to footy, and then you give a lot of your time to the football club. Yeah. Um, for a semi-professional athlete, we're here four or five times a week during the preseason. It felt like you were, we were here bloody every day. Yeah. Um, to be honest, and but yeah, like. You give a lot of your time to this club. Um, but, yeah, you wouldn't have it any other way, of course. Um, it just builds the group group together. Um, but, yeah, you do sacrifice a fair bit yeah. to play semi-professional football. Um, yeah. Do you have to do – you, do you do anything to, to try and get away from, like, everything that you need to do or you don't really feel like you need to? No, I don't feel like I need yeah, to. Yeah, okay. No. Yeah. Oh, no, just some some guys do, you know. Some guys feel like they need something else as well just to completely get away from yeah. everything they got going on. But everyone's different, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like even on our bye weekends and stuff coming up, it's just good to get away and yeah. spend some time with your girlfriend and, you know, do things that you probably can't usually do yeah. during, during the year. Week, you know, yeah. like I like to catch up with my schoolmates. Yeah. Like, even though I love the boys here and I love seeing the Swannies boys here and catching up with them, it's still good to see your mates outside of footy yeah, as well. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to get too caught up in the little bubble that we have here at the footy club. Yeah. Um, as much as you love it, you still got to have time for all the other people in your yeah, life as well. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. All right. Let's get through these segments for you <laughs> so I can get you home. This is what Donnie's got a big smile on his face now. He's keen <laughs> oh, to get yeah. into this. Well, the first one's pretty pretty easy, mate. Quick fire questions. Best sledge you have heard or copped, if any? Um, and you, if you haven't, that's fine. We'll go next one. But just in case there's any rippers that you've ever heard. Nah, or nah. nah, it's just all the generic stuff, the whole lot of Ranger stuff yeah, when yeah. it comes to nah, me. I don't really not, cop anything else apart from yeah, Ranger. Yeah. Well, no not, one else has got any dirt on that's me. Not so. really, that's not really quality, is it? No, nah, it's not quality yeah, at okay. all. It's just shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, hardest training session you've done to date? Oh, well, I would have had to have been this pre-season. Yeah, it's been the answer <laughs> for a lot of people a that have people, been on here. I think a few people would have said, yeah. um, what was it, Bluff Knoll? Yeah, or yeah. Um, some of those SAS sessions we did were bloody brutal, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it is It Tested is this last pre-season. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, beautiful. Um, Favourite thing to do in your downtime or anything outside of footy about you that people wouldn't expect? Um, Love me golf. Yeah. Love, love having a hit of golf. Yeah. Played yeah. with Brandon's uh, Brandon's uncle, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few months ago. Peter, down shout at Conzo, out. Shout yeah. out, Peter. 
Um, yeah, so I love me golf. I love um, I love poker as well, actually. Hey, That's a little fun fact. Yeah. Uh, while I was at Freo, actually, we used to play poker. Did like, you rack up a bit of money or Yeah, in the hubs, we used to play <laughs> every single night. We used to play either yeah, a cashy okay. or a tournament. And I, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I thought it was pretty, I like, I like to watch a lot of like poker YouTube videos and learn a bit about it. So yeah. it's something that's intrigued me. Like I didn't pick it up until a few nice. years ago. Might see you on TV one day with the sunnies on. Just. Might see you <laughs> the World Series. <laughs> winning the millions. Yeah. It might be selling for post footy. I might yeah, take up a bit of go. poker. There you there go. go. I'll jump on board. Yeah. Manager or something. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, last, uh, last TV series you watched. Are you a TV watcher at all? Yeah, yeah, I do watch TV. Uh, I watched The Last of Us, actually. Oh, yeah. That was the last it's series I watched, show. which is a good one to watch, yeah. actually. Yeah, me and Anthony watched that together. Enjoyed but it. Yeah, I love that. I'm, I'm actually, I'll admit this, I am a bit of an anime nerd, a nerd as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So but see, I'll, that's one of the interesting things people wouldn't expect as yeah, well. Yeah, you wouldn't expect that, but I do love my anime. Jeez. So my best mate, Zach Fisher, who's at Carlton now, during school, we'd just grind anime really? every night. we watch it together and I've got a, it's called a Crunchyroll subscription to the, <laughs> the service there and we <laughs> I watch a bit of anime in my, yeah, right. my downtime. So yeah, oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, if I'm ever sort of half interested, I'll have to come hit you up. <laughs> uh, you won't be interested, mate. If you're not interested at this stage, you're not watching yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And are you a, um, are you an auntie at the type of couple that have to watch everything together, or do you can you can you branch off and watch things separately? No, nah, I wouldn't say we watch everything. <laughs> okay. She watches some shows, you know, your your um, selling sunsets and your yeah, yeah. your Love Island. Okay. I mean, I may peek over yeah, every mate. now and again and oh, watch it yeah mate, you do yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued sometimes <laughs> yeah. but yeah we, we can watch our own shows yeah no okay. worries all right very good um all right three people that you'd take to dinner like any three people and if you can't think of three that's fine like dead or alive anyone and then which three current teammates would you take with you to that dinner and you can only name three there's no honorable mentions or anything you can only name three of the teammates after you name the the three people gee this is hard <laughs> three people i would take yeah if you can't think of three, that's fine. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of one. Just got to be someone. They'd be interested. In I taking. mean, yeah, I would have loved to have <laughs> taken someone like Doyle Brunson or like a high-level poker player. Oh, I was going to say yeah, who's Doyle the Brunson? Doyle, yeah. The Brunson, the Brunson, the 10-2 off. Yeah. Um, to all the poker players out there, you know who <laughs> Doyle is. <laughs> so he would be one. Probably a really famous golfer or someone like, mate, obviously, like Tiger Woods would yeah. be unreal to have dinner with. Um. Yeah, they're probably the two. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Okay. Can't yeah. Really think of no, that's else. good. That's yeah. good. We like that. Don't mind that. Actually, haven't yeah. had a sort of Dor Brunson type of answer before, so that's good. It's mate. a bit different. Yeah. yeah, that's good. So, which three current teammates now? And I only want three. I don't want any of this business about like, oh yeah, chuck this guy. Nah, three, <laughs> three. How many? Down. How many people have said you? Uh. Not all, a couple, a few couple. have. All right, all so right. don't feel like you have to, mate, just because you're sitting across from me. <laughs> no, you Brandon, can be brutal, mate. You Brandon, can be brutal about it, mate. No, of course. Tommy Edwards, the last guest, didn't. Oh, didn't he? <laughs> nah. I wouldn't have expected that from Tom. Yeah. Well. No, Brandon, I would definitely pick you all right. to come for dinner with me. Yeah. Okay. Um, two others. Two others. Who would I pick? You know what? I feel like going like younger guys. Okay. Like I feel like going like a. Oh. Who would I pick? <laughs> this is a tough one. Yeah, this yeah. is a real tough yeah. one. The next one's going to be tough for me. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, who do I get along with? Taria, Bayok. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Actually, yeah, he's T probably would be one good. I would bring because he would, he would bring a different insight yeah. into the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we could we could go to KFC. Yeah, I was going to say, you might bring some KFC <laughs> with yeah. him to the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for that. <laughs> Who else? Um, I mean, of course, Chris Jones would have yeah. some real wacky conversations. Fellow redhead. Fellow redhead as well. <laughs> Dirty moustache. Yeah. yeah, I'd probably go Chris That's as a good well. answer. Yeah. That's a good answer. All right, next one. Which teammate would you avoid at all costs, avoid rooming with, not take to that dinner, avoid on a trip? Who would it be? Mouse. Jacko McLaughlin. Jacko Mouse. Who? who, who why? Why? <laughs> why? Uh, Cop that, Mousey. Cop that, Mouse. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Nah, I love Mouse. <laughs> I'm just joking, really. Nah, nah, Mousey, it's you, mate. It is you. No, I, uh, love, I love you, Jacko. He copped a couple of drive-bys from Tommy as well Did last he? week. So, yeah, he's copping it, Jacko. Yeah. It's all right, mate. Jacko and Tommy have that funny relationship. <laughs> they love giving it to him. I yeah. love giving it to Mousey as well. Yeah. He's one of those guys that you just love to give it to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, there you go. I like that, Mousey. Um, all right, dirt on toe. This this is the, the – I always love this part of the pod. Um, and uh, you know, I know you're a bit nervous, and I've enjoyed I've enjoyed keeping you nervous as well up until this stage. I'm real worried, which, and you know what? It's actually not that bad, so you'll be right. Um, now we know you were born in Bunbury and from from Bunbury, which is what I find this particularly strange. You were listed as being from Donnybrook, and if I understand correctly, you might have played some footy at Donnybrook. Can you explain what was going on there? Yeah, you're spot on. I did play footy at Donnybrook. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened? What's going? What was going on there? Yeah, it's a weird situation. <laughs> so my year at South Bunbury, we actually couldn't field a side. Right. We ran out of guys in that junior year and year 10. Um, so we all had to split up and go out to different teams to yeah. make up, you know, competition really. Yeah. So South Bunbury didn't have, a, didn't have a team, sorry, in my year and year 10. So a few of my mates were already playing out at Donnybrook. And a couple of my other mates from South Bunbury were going to go out there. And I said, yeah, why not? Let's just go out to, go out to Donnybrook and play out there. So I'd jump on a bus after school and, and catch the bus out there and train. And I had a mate that lived out there and stayed at his house the night and then would come back in on the, on the bus um, to school the next day. And, yeah, played year 10 footy out there. And obviously after year 10, I moved to Guildford. And then I only played PSA footy at yeah. Guildford. So technically... My last junior club that I played for was Donnybrook. Don, Donnybrook. And how does South Bunbury feel about that? I think they're they're very dirty about yeah. it because yeah. I think even when I kicked my first goal at AFL level, Eddie Maguire Said, called me the boy from Donnybrook. Yeah, she just got mentioned too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I asked I asked a Bunbury person for dirt on you, and they told me, oh yeah, just he I don't have any, but he played for Donnybrook and got mentioned when he kicked his first. Goal. <laughs> And that was not my fault. I, I did not. I've never claimed to be the oh. boy from Donny. And on the Waffle website, which yeah. is South Bunbury, unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been back down to Donnybrook since, though. I don't know if there's a picture of me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not saying there should be, but I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like it. Oh, there we go. We heard it here first. We'll be getting in touch with the Donnybrook <laughs> Footy Committee or something after this to just work out. What's oh, I yeah. might go for a drive down there this weekend. Work out what's going on. No, no, no. You've oh. got plenty of plenty of time on your hands, Donny. Oh. You probably could do that. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 My miss wouldn't say that, but yeah. Um. So, would you say besides footy? Um, that you have any other really strong talent? Um, <laughs> have you got something in mind oh, here? Oh, no, yeah, but just answer <laughs> it, anything come to mind as a strong talent. Uh, no, Brandon, not, nothing not, really. Um, not singing. My singing. Yeah, yeah, I would say I'm a pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'm a pretty good well, shower singer. Because <laughs> that the the word is that apparently you write yourself and you're often having a crack everywhere, shower shops. 
in the car and and the mail I've got is that includes turning to your partner and asking, did I hit that note, babe? Yeah, no, that's that- true. <laughs> <laughs> I do. There's some certain songs where it, they hit that right frequency <laughs> and I just go, yep, I've nailed that. Like, Jeez. <laughs> The song that comes to mind is Heaven by Matt Bomber. Oh, wow. I might, <laughs> magic get, I might have to get this played in the intro to this pod. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the background music? Where is it? <laughs> yeah, I wish I had it. I've got some features on here, but not that, unfortunately. <laughs> you don't uh, know how to use it. But yeah, like there's some, some songs. I, like I've always just gone around singing around the house and stuff, you know? Like, no, I don't actually rate myself as a singer. Like. <laughs> It's just it's just something that I do. Like I'm a bit bit wacky like that. I just wander around the house singing random songs. Yeah, I'm pushing for a spot on carpool karaoke then with um James Corden. Yeah, yeah. love it. Oh, very good. Um, now being the great bloke that you are, and and this was mentioned by the person as well to bring up. I understand that you caught up with Braden Spackman recently, who was recovering from an ACL injury. Yes, yes. Have a coffee with him, see how he's going. Great bloke, doing the right thing. Yep. Firstly, where did you catch up? Uh, we actually caught up in Scarborough. Yep. Yeah. And secondly, um, given he can't drive, are you aware of how the great man made his way home? He caught an Uber. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So any danger of a lift for him? <laughs> or is it just too far for you, is it, hey? Mate, he... <laughs> look, <laughs> I offered to drive him home. Oh, that's not what... I, that's not the story they got relayed to me. No, <laughs> I offered, I said, do you want to go to breakfast somewhere closer to you at least? And he said, oh, no, nah, like um, I'm already coming in with my brother into Osborne yeah, Park. Yeah. So oh, yeah, I came yeah. to Osborne Park and picked him up from Osborne Park. Okay. And then I said, where do you want to go for breakfast? And we're already, Osborne Park is pretty close to Scarborough. And I was like, oh, I know this place in Scarborough. <laughs> we could go there. So we go there for breakfast. Great breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Love and latte. Awesome. <laughs> Um, and then we literally walk out of the cafe and he's already booked the Uber oh, well. and it's a minute away. No chance of cancelling. No, the, the way the, it was, the scene was explained to me was that he was left wa- he, 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 he was left waiting for the offer to come and it didn't come. No, no. <laughs> I definitely offered and he shut it down straight away and he said he would rather take an Uber. That's what he told oh. me. <laughs> he said he was already sick of me after one morning. Oh, I'm going to have to get back to listen to this. It's <laughs> oh, great. Um, so did you live with Zach Fisher for a period of time? Yeah, first first year out of school, we're eighteen, we got a house together, yeah, rented okay. together. Yep. Um, I was told to ask you about the first dog, Monty, that you and Zach had at the house. What's the story behind that? Yeah, good old Monty. Yeah, little Staffy. Um, so Zach and me and Zach's girlfriend at the time, Bella, she was kind of in and out of the house, but she was basically living there with us. Yeah. Um, I think we were just bored one day, and we were like, "What could what could spark the house up a little bit? What what does it need? What is it missing?" And we we're like. Let's just get a dog. We're just driving out in the valley and we're like, let's just get a dog. So we call into the bloody pet shop, pick up this little staffy, bring it home. And we would have had it no longer than six or seven days. It was shitting everywhere. Like we were not ready to have a puppy. We were 18. <laughs> it was so um, inexperienced and immature. Yeah. And yeah, we ended up taking it, unfortunately, to the pound because... Oh, no. Well, I mean, it would have had a better life at the pound than where it was with us. Really, to be honest, it's like real average, eh? Yeah, it was. It was looking bad. after the dog. We were not ready to get a dog, to be <laughs> honest. And I don't know why we called it Monty. Poor, <laughs> poor Monty. Poor Monty. <laughs> <laughs> there was a few Hope stories. He's going well yeah, you can ask. This is Braden as well. Is involved in this story. He was the one that spread the rumor about we just 
dropped Monty off at a park. <laughs> we didn't actually take him to the pound. We just dropped him off at the local I park. I haven't heard this far. <laughs> Spackers was spreading, was spreading that rumour around to everyone. Oh, that's funny. It made us look even worse. Spack with a bit of quality just yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. Thank you, boy. Just when he thinks he's got me, I've got dirt on him too. <laughs> oh, gee whiz. Um, another one that came in late, actually, and it wasn't really like dirt, but it ended up being funny. So I asked someone... Um, do you have any dirt on Toby? And they go, Toby Watson. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, unfortunately not because I don't reckon he spoke one word at Guildford. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know who said that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was quiet. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could give you a guess. But I said, I just responded and said, this is perfect. I'm going to stir him up about it. He's I don't not know. Happy, uh, I don't know who would have said that. Oh, gee, <laughs> I don't know if I should give it away because you might Toby might be coming for you. You know who Griff, would, Griff wouldn't have said that. Nah, 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 nah. And shout out to Griff too. Shout out. To I'm Griff, to, he yeah. actually mentioned that he might come on. Oh, that'd be good. Griff, and yeah. and I had to leave a, a bit out from the great man too. He actually provided me with some real good oh, quality. Yeah. I bet he did. But once yeah. I once I work out the Zoom. How to do it on Zoom? I might have to get the big man on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. He'll have some quality content for you. But yeah, it wasn't Griff. It wasn't Griff. Yeah, maybe I don't want to know. Okay, maybe I I'll don't want to know. Out. I'll leave it out. I'll tell you off air. Maybe and yeah. you can give him a you, tell me off you, air. You can give him a direct message and no, ask him what's going on. In all fairness, <laughs> I was a kid from the southwest coming up to a big boarding school. Yeah, yeah. And it was the first time ever, and I was out of my depth. Like I was like, this is so different to me. So I wasn't just going to get up there first day and start oh, no. parading around yeah. everywhere and have a look at me. You I'm not even that type of person. Anyway. You wouldn't be surprised if you, when you find out who this person is because they just love carrying on a bit. You wouldn't be surprised. It wasn't Sip, was it? Nah, nah, no. it wasn't Sip. Right. Sip gave me nothing, by the way. Yeah. Standard. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. And the last one that I've got, um, do you, well, the last one that I've decided to include. Do you think you've ever been genuinely rattled in your life? Genuinely rattled. That's a tough question. Yeah. Well, all right. I've got I've got firsthand experience of seeing this happen to you. So we're in our we're in preseason. Your first preseason back, um, and it would have been before the season had started. And our strength and conditioning coach at the time, Ted Teddy Bobsled Ted, was taking us through sprint drills, which he did. Um, and he'd all, often do like some little warm-up exercises and he had his own sort of set of warm-up exercises and he'd ask like, the guys to choose which ones they liked. And then one occasion, he just like, came to you, asked you in front of everyone, um, did you, do you have anything you might want to offer from Fremantle? And I, I'm, you just were stumped. You yeah. were rattled. You didn't know what was going on. I didn't know I was a strength and conditioning coach <laughs> at Freo. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> um, I reckon Teddy got you though. Yeah, he did. He just he got you. Because yeah. it just came out of the blue. Like he'd already set up all these different drills and then it, we we're about to get into it and he goes, uh, does anyone else, Toby, do you have anything from Freo? And I said, uh, no. I was just absolutely dumbfounded. I was like, where was, has this come from? I was pissing myself. Yeah. So I was just rattling my brain trying to think of anything that we did from Freo. Like I don't really pick up on all the... <laughs> strength and conditioning stuff that we used to do to be honest uh, like we just did it yeah because it was just what we had to do you so were genuinely rattled though I, was I, rattled. I enjoyed spending the rest of that year asking you yeah can you tell me anything from yeah. Freo you did love bringing that one up didn't <laughs> you, you? <laughs> too much didn't I but I'll, I'll keep doing it I'll <laughs> no, keep doing yeah, it yeah it's, it's a good gag <laughs> uh, alright very good so on to the last segment um, a bit of this or that real right. easy mate just right. give us this that. and there's a, there's a prize attached to 
these questions and yep. it's based on my subjective opinion of your answers. So okay. take that into account. And I'm actually going to tailor the prize to the winner. So you're not just going to get some like boring or like maybe prize that you don't even want. You're going to yeah. get something tailored to you. So just keep that in mind right? Right, when right, you're answering right. these questions. So yeah. first one, peanut butter, crunchy or smooth? Smooth. <laughs> not a good start. Oh, yeah, I won't say anything else. Um, <laughs> barbecue or tomato sauce? Tomato. Off track early. <laughs> Sausage roll or pie? Pie. Oh, no, Tobe. I'm, you, I'm you 0 for 3, I think, at this you stage. You need to do something here. Um, you're going to be the first person to ask this, but, so, yeah, no, but LeBron, MJ, or Nikola Jokic? Well, going off my previous <laughs> answer earlier in the pod, the Nikola, <laughs> the Joker. You see, you've gotten yourself back in a big One way there. One for four, there we go. Um, all right, you, you, you're a footy, bit of a footy nuffy, or you know your footy, so yeah. you'll know these. Brisbane, know stats, yeah. Brisbane, yeah, real well. <laughs> Brisbane's um, hat trick, 01 to 03, bit young for you. Hawks hat trick, 13 to 15. Richmond's three flags in four years, which was 17, 19, 20. Or Geelong's three flags in five years, which was 07, 09, 11. Which one are you taking? Or you take none of them and choose a different team? OG Brisbane. Yeah. Go to team. Yeah. I thought you might go there. Jason Akamatis. Oh, mate, you can rattle them off for, for days. Yeah. The players there. Um, all right, World Cup winning goal in soccer. Um, game 7 NBA Finals winning jump shot, a buzzer beater. Winning goal in AFL Grand Final. Winning putt at the Masters or hit the winning runs in the deciding fifth Ashes test in England. Real relevant at the moment. Or taking the final wicket when opposition needs two runs in that same test. Definitely... The winning part at the Masters. Yeah, right. Definitely. Yeah, okay. Easy answer there. Because the amount of money you win from that as yeah, well. Yeah, true. You know, there's a whole lot but of things But it's not all about the that. money. It's not about the money, but the green jacket <laughs> and the dinner, like... Oh, uh, okay, so we're going for... Which one do you win the green jacket at? The or Masters. The Masters. Masters, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. You said the Masters, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I said the Masters too. What am I talking yeah, about? Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I've been saying this wrong the whole time until now. I've fixed it up. Tennis Golden Slam. Do you know what that is? You win all four Grand Slams in a year. Yep. So tennis Golden Slam, best soccer player in the world in a year where you win the World Cup. The golf, I don't know if it's called, I've been calling it Grand Slam. I don't know if it's Golden Slam. Yeah, go with that. Gold go with Grand Majors, Slam. Yeah. Or MVP finals, MVP and champion in the NBA in the same year. Look, I'm going to have to stick with my other answers and say the golf Grand Slam, I think. There you go. Yeah. Want a couple of... Um, Trophies and jackets, eh? Yep. Um, coffee order? Skinny latte. Or at the moment, it's been an oat latte. Oh, you, you're just on the train with a couple other guys with the oat. Yeah, it's got a good flavour. It does. Um, alcoholic beverage of choice. You can go just a type of alcohol. You can give me a specific brand of that type. Um, at the moment, probably the Carlton range, the drafts and the dries. Yep. But I have been taking a liking to Guinness, actually, recently. Have you? Yeah. I'll put that down. Yeah, you can put it down. Um, wine? You're a wine drinker? Nah. Nah, at nah. all? Apart from Fruity Lexia back in the day, oh. that's about it. Gee whiz. Bit of goon with a bit of orange passion fruit. <laughs> Gee whiz. <laughs> that makes sense with some of the dirt I've got on you, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Won't be brought up on this podcast, though. <laughs> uh, if you had to pick one song, one artist, or one genre of music, you can get as specific as you want to listen to for the rest of your life. 80s pop. 80, 
Oh, see, this is a good answer by you. Yeah. Does that swing the the well, previous it helps. answers? It definitely helps. It yeah. definitely helps because yeah. your first person is probably gone a bit old school and like anyone that knows me. You're an old school fellow. Oh, yeah. I've got a bit of versatility. You're an old I like, I like the old stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Last one and it's um, bonus points if you get this right. So mm. it's, we'll see how you decide to answer this because yeah. everyone's taking their own strategy. Who's the best key defender in the AFL? Best key defender. Um, no, he's not. He's not. He's gone away from it already. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, because well, I reckon you know what answer I'm searching for here. Yeah. <laughs> you want a big, big bustling bloke. Um, and I know whose colours he plays for, and I know exactly who you're thinking of. But I don't know if I want to say that. Uh, TB. Yeah, Tom Barras. Yeah. But... No, inside no, where it is, <laughs> he may not be in the blue and yellow no, for much you, longer. Don't ruin the podcast. <laughs> don't ruin the podcast. That's the Toby what's the inside word. He's staying. If he any chances gets back to him, just stay, mate. Just stay. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Tom Brass, by the way. <laughs> I'm gonna take him. Oh, uh, all right. So that wraps it up. I was really looking forward to this chat uh, with one of the better blokes you'll meet and a real gentleman. Um, plus, a seriously good player. Um. I really do hope that you get a second opportunity, even though it's not everything, because you you do well and truly deserve it. Um, but yeah, I hope you've I hope you've enjoyed it, and uh, I thank you for taking out some time to jump on with me. No, thanks for having me. Even though it is a Thursday night, it's starting to get a bit late now, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be here and have a chat with you, Brandon, and and chew the fat for a bit. No. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. No worries, thanks, mate.